dog. Yo, you all caught up. Bro, I totally bands watched that whole thing last night, dog. Yo, it's cold blooded up in Westeros, dog. They killed my <laughs> Ned Starks. You ain't seen that one coming, did you? Oh, hell no. Uh-uh. Oh my uh -uh. God. I mean, my man was just there, right? Ooh. And he talking about, he got down there and the yeah. thing. Like, and then I was like, I ain't worried. They gonna kill my boy Ned Starks. And then plop. I was like, ah! Yo, I told you they cold-blooded up in there. And then I was like, but that's okay because I still got my called Drogo. Oh, Big Zave Navarro? Big Zave Navarro? Yeah, that dude picked up some molten gold, <laughs> poured it on the pants. Ah, I want to sleep with my sister. Yo. And he killed him, right? I mean, he big like Hercules and everything. Yeah. I'm like, you can't kill Khal Drago's with a paper cut. And infected his scratch. And infected his scratch. So he got straight killed. But you, yo, but you know who my favorite character is, though? Who's that, though? Khaleesi's. Khaleesi. You know I be liking some Khaleesi's, though. But what about Khaleesi's? Straight up with them dragons. Khaleesi's with them dragons. And Khaleesi's all like this. And then we talking about... Just straight roasting goats! Yo! Oh my god! And that's when they start killing characters left and right, dog! At the wedding? Yo! At the wedding! What? stars? What? His wife! They got his mom! Yo! Killed! 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 That was a four for one, dog. Four for one up there, That's dog. a straight four for one, four dog. For one up what about there. when they got wildlings, girl? Oh, talking about, yeah. you know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> Killed! What about the hound, though? Yo, the hound, the hound, the hound talking about. Kill me! You gotta kill me! No! Killed! Slowly, by omission. Bingo. Yo! But what about my man Taiwan Lannisters? Taiwan Lannisters! Taiwan Lannisters! Like Lannister Yo, my man's talking about. Uh, I'm taking his. Yeah? He said, I'm taking. Killed! By his own son. What? The Dinkles. <sighs> the Dinkles. Dinkles, no. The Dinkles. The Dinkles! Dinkles is my jam. Can't nobody kill the Dinkles! The Dinkles is my jam, my jelly, my peanut butter, and my peanuts. Dinkles. The Dinkles. Dinkles, though! Dinkles is my With that recap of Game of Thrones, <laughs> the day after <laughs> the day after the finale, uh, this is the T-Roy Gringos. I'm your host Phil Baki. I'm joined, as always, by Pat Staley from Mexico City. Pat, what's up? Can we get a T-Roy Gringos recap like that? <laughs> I'll. Uh, I mean, if Key and Peel will, uh, you know, accommodate us like that, that would be nice. But oh yeah, put in uh, put in a good word. We uh we're also joined tonight special guest very special guest Dan Staley the uh, the brother of Pat but uh, joining us from Chicago Illinois Pat, Dan uh, what's going on I'm the uh, the better brother I will say but uh, thanks for having me on appreciate it I don't really have much to add to anything but uh, I'm here anyways so well I mean we'll 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 be the judges of that so um, with the uh, <laughs> I mean, we always we always start with pick your poison, um, Dan. What are you What are you drinking tonight as a guest? Uh, I was gonna roll with the the Carl's Carlsberg that's literally the size of my arm, but decided <laughs> to go with a little something easier. The Lagunitas Something Easy Ale. Nice. Ooh. 
They uh, real classy. They've got that regularly for sale. Like they got Lagunitas down here at the ballpark at Southwest University Park down here in El Paso. They're rocking the rocking Lagunitas on the reg. So that's what happens when you're uh, you know owned by Heineken. You can uh, distribute that pretty much anywhere in the world. Yeah, I get it down here. Okay, Pat, you didn't need to add that. <laughs> now you're just bragging. Hang on a second. What kind of dynamic is happening right now to start this? I don't like the way it's going. <laughs> I mean, Pat, Pat, what are you, what are you drinking? I, so we saw your lineup on Twitter, but you know, what do you describe? Pretty solid, right? Describe end of your, your, your journey. end of year special. We had to, you know, bust out the big guns. But I also went with. You guys know I'm a big sucker for all things like corporate marketing schemes. For sure. Sell your soul type stuff. I'm all over it. <laughs> this one from uh, the Minerva Cerveceria here is we've got something I don't usually go with, which is the tropical lager called Tropa Lager. Um, and it's pretty solid. Oh, but aside God. from that, I've got my usual like the Coley Mita Lager, all those good, all the heavy hitters that I usually roll. I didn't with. see any Heineken in there, though. <laughs> yeah, I drank it all. You drank it all. <laughs> Was that uh, from Saturday, or did you? Uh, or was that something else? <sighs> Todos. Todos. <laughs> that was uh, that was all from during the the semifinal, right? Uh, anytime, I, I almost made a poor semi joke, but um, actually, yeah, before before, during, and after. Um, yeah, the only thing that's keeping me from going full Heineken was them rolling out the alcohol-free Heineken, which I thought was interesting timing. And I don't know, maybe they're like going after the kids now. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything negative about them, though. Going after the kids? (laughs) That's not the direction you want to head. It's all local here now. (laughs) I have to to take a mild shot because that Tropa Lager has a flamingo on it. So... Um, I, I thought of the kit. The uh, the full full mingo came to El Paso, and uh, Ford Madison beat Locomotive's ass in the U.S. Open Cup a few days ago. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Locomotive has has bounced back since then with a nice win over our actual two red gringos, like Nemesis, uh, yeah. Sac Republic FC. So I was glad to see that. <laughs> we had to we had to get a win over them, but um, but yeah. So I mean. Yeah, you've got a nice, uh, nice lineup there. How is how the, is this tropa lager look working out for you though? How's the what? The tropa lager. <laughs> it's not bad. There's it's more. It's a little bit stronger, and less tropical, which I appreciate in a lager. Fair enough. So I didn't want full. I didn't want full fruit. As Dan's friend Eric would say, I didn't want it too fruit forward. Fruit forward. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I needed a good balance, and it's and it's striking that. Except it was like four or five dollars for this can, so I'm not the sure. Can, how I feel the can kind of reminds me of like an ode to the two red gringos, uh, Bobby Firmino kit. Yeah, oh, that's a good that's a good plug. Nice little segue that, to yeah. Uh, yeah, we got a, a contest going on. Well, it hasn't like officially begun because we haven't had the video submissions yet. As people are preparing their <laughs> their submissions, but. Um, yeah, we've got our our Bobby Dazzler kits based on a Bobby Firmino Instagram post, 
and we're giving one away in honor of the, us reaching the Champions League final. And uh, so it, all you have to do is follow the Two Red Gringos on Twitter at Two Red Gringos and send in a video of you mimicking a Bobby celebration. Um, doesn't have to be from this season. Could be any any Bobby Firmino celebration. Give it a shot. And the best one, we'll vote on it and we'll, uh, we'll pick the winner. And you'll get a free, nice, really nice kit courtesy of uh, the Toure Gringos and Icarus FC, which is like the the basically the shit as far as independent kits go like they yeah. are they are amazing um, you should follow them on instagram as well so you can see all the stuff they're putting out and yeah. everything's yeah pretty they bring cool. to life like all of those like design accounts that do these completely badass kits except they they do them for real yeah they actually but make just them. just for the record i'm still convinced that you are giving away my bobby dazzler kit I'm a hundred percent convinced that this is my kit. I'm not. That that's oh, I was, somebody I was, else. I was promised one anyways. Yeah. So I don't yeah. even know if I have to do the celebration. I've 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 promised Dan one as well. Um, but no, it's uh, this is separate. I've got I've got just enough inventory to be safe on sizes for the uh, <laughs> for the uh, the giveaway. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, and then I mean, going back to going back to the poisons like as far as i'm concerned i've got a uh i've got a dogfish head perfect disguise have you guys heard of this beer Mm. it's a i haven't it's a double ipa oh lord disguised as a german kolsch so the finish is extremely like clean and oh that's nice yeah it's uh a very dangerous beer because it's (laughs) highly drinkable and nearly eight percent alcohol so um, oh yeah, I saw they just got bought out by uh, by Boston Brewing Company, right? Oh, really? I no, I didn't see the yeah Samuel Jacksons or Samuel <laughs> Adams. Sorry, there's nothing more hipster than when one person's talking about a certain type of craft beer to somebody out hipster them and mention the not so craft organization that just bought that beer company out. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, yeah. But then my my uh, my second beer of the night. This is like my this is like my dessert because um, I've got <laughs> from uh, from Martin House Brewing Company in Fort Worth, Texas. I've got the Caballo Blanco, um, oh. Oh, it, which is go. a creamy cinnamon horchata ale at seven point four percent. A lot uh, of stuff happening. In yeah, that. there's a lot going on, but it's delicious. So I'm. Is uh, that another kind of Game of Thrones? No. Little reference or ode to Game of Thrones that you're sneaking in there with the uh, with the white horse. <laughs> the white horse. No, because I thought that was super dumb. Like I literally started this last episode. <laughs> I started this last episode. Like, wait, where the fuck the horse go? <laughs> like, that's what sudden, I thought too. All of a sudden, but the imagery. Is, she's not the even, imagery, right? But hey, she no was spoilers. supposed to no spoilers. But she like rode out the city and then she was back in the center of the city, like standing right next to the Unsullied, and they just didn't bother to look to their left. <laughs> a lot of Anyways. people dragons included did not look to their left yeah <laughs> anyways i'm uh i'm not gonna make this a game of thrones no no we pod at all we've got we've got way too much to talk about as far as liverpool so um i want to start i want to start <laughs> just with we're talking the league this time around so the league season obviously ended um it it ended in about the slightest 
disappointment, but also the most disappointment that you can possibly experience because it's by one point to the second most points total ever. And we had the third most, (laughs) the third (laughs) highest points total ever. So it's uh, frustrating in its own, in its own special way. But I wanted to get your guys like overall takeaway from this league season, like 97 points, second place. What, what are we even like thinking at the end of this league season as Liverpool fans? I think about what, what do we think at the start? Maybe I just need to rewind and go back to initial predictions about where, where we would end up. But the feeling now is that I think we talked about this a little bit, right? We were, we were a legit danger in Europe. Um, and, and we had that confidence, but now going into it, you have to think that, well, first and foremost, like, City could easily replicate this form and, and maybe just not just go undefeated, but not even draw or lose a game, right? That, that, that's this, you know, monster that they've put together. <laughs> um, but if there's any one team kind of capable of challenging them, it's us, right? If there's any other team that's at, uh, I, I mean, I'd say that there's, there's not even like, there's City and Liverpool in that order and then just the gap that exists, and going into next season, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's – I think it would be harder for us to kind of replicate what we were able to do. I think City's got a much better bet to do that. But I also think if one team is going to kind of like slip up and drop and have some issues, I think there's going to be more pressure on City to do that. Uh, but, I mean, just in isolation as one team, one club going through the, going through the season, it, it was historic. That that's how I look at it. That's how I see it. And thank God we've still got one more game to play, not necessarily in the season, uh, to to hopefully get something deserved out of it. Yeah, I mean, Dan, is this like is the is the Champions League kind of acting as that that safety net where if we had gone out against Barcelona, that la- that final day would have felt like a bigger gut punch than it than it does because we still have a chance to to win a trophy this season. Yeah, I, I think it, it would have been difficult to to come out of this season with with the optimism that we you know we would have coming off a Champions League final again. But I mean, at the start of the season, we I, I think in my mind, I never thought we'd be even close to running with City in the final final match day of the season. So I mean, we filled in every gap that we needed to fill with the the signings we had with Allison and Fabinho and Keita. Uh, Fabinho's been, I mean, more than what we can imagine. Maybe not at first, but Keita looks like he's going to be the real deal. So I think, yeah, it's it's definitely nice being the Champions League final. But I think we were all pretty, pretty, pretty set on that 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 league after you know having the the lead every. I don't, I don't know how many, how many lead cha- lead changes there were, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be tough, but I think the the positive thing for for next season is that we have full confidence in in what our our manager can do and what our you know Michael Edwards can do with the signings. So I think adding depth to the squad next season is gonna be even better. I think I think City will focus more on on Europe next season. I think maybe get some of their attention away from the league to where we could come in and possibly 
maybe not put up 97 points, but I think we'll definitely be one of the favorites to actually lift the Premier League title next season. It, it is a it's a very strange <laughs> league campaign because normally there when Liverpool challenges for a title, there's you know a big moment at the end of the season where they just they blow it. And in this case, <laughs> Uh, you know, if you want to point to a moment, I guess, or a series of moments, you can point to January and, and say, you know, could have won one of those matches, uh, like people will say Leicester and West Ham, but, but there wasn't that big collapse or anything like that. Uh, so it was refreshing in the sense that we can still come out of the season with, with our heads held high and it's not, it's not some devastating moment that everybody looks. We lost one game, (laughs) one single game against the team that won the title. Yeah. So I guess that's the moment more than anything is that that game at the Etihad is, is ultimately, you know, and, and that is, you know, the fine margins that, that things come down to, but, but one, one of the players like, I mean, the player of the year, literally, um, and one of the players who's really raised the level of of LFC is, is Virgil Van Dyke. So, I mean, I just want to talk about like he deserves. <laughs> we we often pass over talking about Virgil in episodes <laughs> because it's like a given that he was he was amazing. It's it, it's just kind of how he is as a player. He's just so calm, so collected, and so so on top of things that we don't even have to acknowledge the fact that he was, you know, a, a, at least, you know, at least like an eight out of 10, pretty much every, every match he plays. Um, but how, how big is having, I mean, essentially the best center back in the world playing at Liverpool football club. Well, it's, it's been this, you know, coming back to talking about this season in particular and how the league, uh, the league's gone. It's, it's this bizarre feeling that we haven't, really ever had where this realization that we're not one of the best teams in England, but one of the best teams in the world. And it's, it's weird to think that we have some of the best players in the world. And now we have arguably the best center back in the world. So it's a, this change in mentality has kind of transformed this team to where, and also in terms of Virgil, like we, we haven't had that sort of leadership anywhere in the pitch especially in our defense since maybe Carragher uh, left. And Carragher's great. He's a great servant to the club. But I think Virgil's, he's got the assets to be the most, one of the most complete players this, this club's ever seen. So, Yeah, he's transformative, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, that, I think that's the best way to put it. And, you know, world class doesn't even do it justice. How many clubs, if you could just rewind, like look at United, Look at Arsenal, even to maybe like a Chelsea. <laughs> like if they could go back and say seventy-five million to completely transform your defense, you can do it. Like that—that's what everybody said. Like uh, seventy-five million, you have to completely turn it around. And our obvious response is like, "Oh, one person can't, but it'll help." But it's ridiculous because he has right since the second he showed up. Um, we've just been we we've become an entirely different team right so just him arriving changed the dynamic from leadership like like you said assets to skill set that he has and then i think kind of the final piece that really put us over the edge is probably what regarded as one of the best defensive clubs in the world 
is is the addition of Allison, right? To give us maybe that bump of, uh, you know, if we're if we're talking like uh, expected goals allowed, uh, we overperformed this year, and I think you've seen United do that in the past with De Gea and other clubs, but that's what Allison has added. Just that kind of combination, and everybody always talked about like this spine, right? But but I mean to credit Fabinho, to credit Allison, Virgil Van Dyke is that transformative player that came in and we just have to say it single-handedly changed the dynamic of this club, right? Changed our mindset when we're up a goal, down a goal. Um, and everybody talked this year about, you know, Liverpool's mentality, Liverpool's mindset. <laughs> when, if it, for anybody that's ever been listening to, to Phil and I, and when Dan joined in on this podcast, talk about Liverpool and their mentality. I mean, maybe a little bit last year, but in years previous, it, it, it's outrageous because of even Phil mentioning it earlier, right? We we never had that moment this season where where we blew it, right? We went toe to toe in the best Premier League, you know, kind of showdown while making it all the way through and getting to a, a final in Europe. So that's how I picture Virgil Van Dyke, just transformative. And I don't think there's a single other player in the world that that could transform a club like we've seen maybe take Messi out of that Barcelona side, but that that's it for me, just those two players. And I mean, it's, it's interesting. You, you brought up the expected goals against, but it, in terms of, you know, actual goals allowed uh, Liverpool only allowed 22 goals in the, in the league this season, the last title challenge, you know, notably they allowed 51. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's such a departure uh, from from what Liverpool teams have looked like in the last basically twenty years of <laughs> very very uh, very attacking. When they are good, you know they're very very fun to watch, um, but extremely nerve wracking to watch at the same time. And 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 this team, most games, I think they definitely had some nerve wracking games, and we'll get to the. Uh, some of the matches that we enjoyed this season, but I mean, overall to allow only 22 goals, the um, city allowed 23. And then after that, no team allowed less than 30 um, with Chelsea and Tottenham being the closest on 39 goals allowed. So that's the, (laughs) the distance between the, basically the top two defenses and everybody else is um, a distance of, you know, 15 plus goals allowed. Um, in a season, which is just, it seems like such a huge amount because again, Liverpool only allowed 22. So 15 is, you know, 80% of Liverpool's entire goals allowed this, this season (laughs) is the distance between them and and Chelsea. So um, yeah, Verge has just been, has just been a crazy addition. Allison as well. I mean, Dan, you mentioned him like Allison as well at the back is just, again totally changed how how we view games as fans like I think Mm. I think we go into games just expecting we don't we don't expect the other team to score and that was something that was very common in the past where when they got into a good position it was just a given that the ball was going in the back of the net (laughs) like if they had a if they had a good chance there was no there was no 
help arriving. Like the goalkeeper was not was not coming <laughs> was not coming to our aid. So yeah. it is it is one of those things where those two players have just completely changed the way that we view games and and that's not to diminish the obvious impact of guys across the back line um but it is just such a marked a marked difference from what we're used to viewing yeah i think that you know the main difference for example this season is that napoli game back in december i mean we're we're, we're grinding out a 1-0 win against napoli must win situation uh uh who's the four for napoli uh when it became one on one with Allison, that's a situation oh, where you thought that's it. Was that's, that, this was is it, was that Milik? This is this is a, this is Milik, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Milik's one on one with uh, Allison. You think this is the type of goal we concede nine times out of ten, and he saved it. I think that's <laughs> that's been the one of the biggest differences this season is that 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 gap in quality that we saw coming from uh, Minulay and. Uh, Carious to one of the best goalkeepers in the world. So at the at the other end of the field, in terms of in terms of stat leaders, I uh, wanted to talk. Obviously, at on the final day, Mo scores a brace to to bring himself level. Or sorry, Sadio br- scores a brace to bring himself level with Mo and Pierre Emerick Aubameyang uh, in the Golden Boot race. What did you guys think of of the three way tie and kind of the the how those three players are viewed, um, like you know, in the context of this Golden Boot race? Because obviously Mo um, won it pretty cleanly towards the end of last season, breaking the record and and all of that. So being on twenty two goals, it was seen as a a big kind of downgrade for for Mo Salah, but. Um, how how did you guys see kind of these three players in the context of that of tying for the golden boot on on just 22 goals i liked it right <laughs> even though like what in typical years unless this has always just been made up but like the 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 player with the most assists gets the bump right and gets the golden boot or what i had always thought um i don't know maybe it's just because i like each of these players <laughs> that I'm happy for it. Um, but, but moving up, like it's crazy to go from like all of a sudden gets a golden glove, most clean sheets, Van Dyke player of the season. And then to have two, <laughs> two golden boot winners. I, I don't know. I, I loved it because it, it looked like Sala was, was happy for Mane too. So you love that kind of, you want your forwards to be competitive, but you also, you know, you want them to enjoy uh, some some team col- or collaboration there. I'll say, but no, it, it was cool. They're all three super likable players. I mean, for me, Salah just uh, another incredible season. And if we're talking like stat leaders in general, just completely, you know, just about blows away most of the major uh, attacking stats that we have, aside from you know, well, goals obviously with Mane and then maybe assists. Yeah, I, it was great to see those three guys, you know, tie for the golden boot. And of course, three players from Africa, that was also cool as well. But yeah. I think when you talk about golden boot, I think Mo Salah should have gotten again, hands down, just in terms of his his contribution with 22 goals, then his contribution with eight assists. I mean, I think that was best or maybe tied with uh, Eden Hazard for, for most of the Premier League. 
Um, but just his contribution in goal in the penalty area, I, I just feel like, and the fact that he would have gotten the golden boot had he not given uh, Bobby Firmino the the penalty in that game against Arsenal to, yeah. to, to complete his hat trick. <laughs> um, so I, I feel a little hard done for Mo. He had that that drought where people were questioning his his ability, his mentality, and then he ended up being joint top for the golden boot. But I mean, you look at his stats; he's been one of the best, if not you know, top three players in the Premier League this season. And it's kind of a shame that he didn't get involved in the, the team of the year, but we don't make those rules. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, all in all, you know, three players on 22 goals, three likable players. Uh, I was pretty happy with that race. I think uh, I think Mo not making it into the team of the year discussion or the player of the year shortlist is, is one of the great mysteries uh, of the season. Because... <laughs> yep. I mean, Sadio, not to take anything away from Sadio, of course, because we know that he was very important for the team um, all through basically Mo's dry spell. So right after the new year, he he had a, a really great spell where he was basically scored. He was taking on that Mo role of where he scores the opening goal of every game um, and gets, gets Liverpool going. Um, but important to note that that Mo ends with 22 goals and eight assists while (laughs) Sadio had had 22 goals and and one assist in the league so um it is it is a different type of contribution but for you know Mo to have 30 goal involvements in the league and and not get into the the player of the year uh shortlist or the uh or the team of the year, it was, it was, I think, one of the great injustices. And when they talk about a victim of his own success, that that is literally Mo Salah this year. Oh, um, yeah. In terms so you got to watch out using the term victim because... Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> City Twitter sharpening their knives. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so in terms, of, in terms of expected goals as well, Mo literally 21.7 so getting 22 goals he's just barely outperformed his expected goals um and should have had by the his expected assists 10 and a half so could have easily had 10 or 11 assists as well um whereas uh sadio's expected assists five so he should have done slightly better than than just the one yeah but uh still can't believe his expected assists are so low right i feel like they would have been so much higher but yeah that that still blows my mind but yeah he was uh he was a finisher this year and it is it is worth noting that in terms of the assist leaders we also had two liverpool players near the top of the table in assists um eden hazard blew everyone away with 15 ryan fraser from bournemouth had 14 never would have guessed that and actually could have had 16 by his expected assist. Um, <laughs> but uh, tied with Christian Eriksen for third was Trent Alexander-Arnold. Mm. And right behind him? <laughs> Andrew Robertson with 11, <laughs> which was more, that... than, more than Raheem Sterling, more than Leroy Sané, more than Paul Pogba. Um, so that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that, that has been, I think my rallying cry lately 
for this argument of Trent being wasted at right back. Because even in, uh, you know, I kind of, I, I didn't call him out, but I, you know, I gave, gave Sam Guire some love for his, uh, his piece on Trent. And then like added like, Hey, you know, it didn't include that his, pos- his position at right back is going to allow him to be more dynamic, more creative. And, and basically what Sam kind of said in the rest of the rest of the piece was that like, this is where he's going to be an exceptional player, right? Not just a good player and a great player, but an exceptional player. So that's what we've seen is that the, the importance of this fullback role. Um, and I don't know, I, I feel like we almost take Robertson for granted now a little bit, right? Just because I, I, I can't remember who, who posted it, but it was just something about like, you know, at the time Robertson was just kind of eased into the squad. Uh, we still had Moreno, God help us. Um, <laughs> but, but like we were, maybe concern about his like attack, like the ability to contribute to attack. So what both he and Trent have done this year, I mean, again, it's historic in terms of defenders putting up double digit assists in the single season, but just the, the importance that they've had, we've talked about this countless times, uh, but as a creative, as an attacking force, um, Robertson, we already knew he had the defensive capabilities in him, but seeing Trent and having that, that confidence in Trent now and not to get ahead of ourselves with the best best match, but watching him against Barcelona, just like with this swagger that he had that uh, I, I don't know if I've ever seen it before from Trent was just like he's he's becoming this player that that we're all kind of hoping and, and believe he can be. Uh, and he's doing it consistently. I mean, Dan, these fullbacks like it is it is. It was becoming almost ridiculous near the end of the season where every time they were shaping for a cross, you expected a, a quality delivery and a, and a potential goal at, on the end of it where it's not something we've seen from Liverpool. It, as we talk about this Liverpool team kind of defying expectations, yeah, scoring from crosses, that's just been unheard of in, in recent years. And, and here we are with two fullbacks with a combined 23 league assists. Yeah, well, the th- thing that's crazy about Trent is that it's the, f- the first time I've seen a player in the squad since since Jared, where you see him on the ball and you just expect him, whatever he does, to be just very calmly, doesn't look over the top, but I think it was his ball against uh, Barcelona, maybe, where he kind of hit it with the... Uh, across the boot a little bit and it was just a perfect through ball to create the attack on the left side of the pitch um and i think he's also a big reason why uh mo's done the things he's done this season trent going up the right side with his creativity his pace and his vision like Mm -hmm. he's created so much so many opportunities for mo to kind of do his thing and and create chances that we haven't had that in, in years um so it's it's nice having that on both flanks. the The back four is the best I've seen since I've started supporting the team. So it's it's just it's refreshing and it's and it's different. So yeah, and I mean that's that is saying something too. Because I mean, you know, when you think back to the to the the mid mid to late two thousands, where it was you know Carragher Agger at center back, and then uh, and then you know Fabio Aurelio. And uh, and I guess Arbeloa, 
um, mm-hmm. across that back four. Pretty, pretty solid, but nowhere near approaching the quality that that's mm-hmm. on display uh, with this back four. It's it's really remarkable um, just just how good they are. And um, like like you said, um, that the way that Trent carries himself through the game is is very reminiscent of of a Gerard, despite the fact that you know he's playing out playing as a right back because that's where he's having the the impact um and like like you were talking pat like it's where he should stay because it's where he can be he can have the most impact um for the team and he can be truly one of the best fullbacks in the world um definitely in the premier league and and you know and if he continues at this clip then then in the world um but i mean there's been so many moments like this whole season that we can look back on and, and they just, it, even in the league, uh, and even though it ended, you know, just shy of, of the promised land, um, I want to go now to your guys' favorite match. So that, that game that you'll look back on from this season and just, and just you know, that, that will be the, the match that you think about when people say 18-19. <laughs> Is this really, is this like a serious question though? Because I mean, we all—I think we're all pretty much on the same page as to what match we're gonna want to go back to when we think about the season. Well, I, th- I uh, think there's—I think there's levels. Like you can, you know, when we say when somebody posits one, we can we can go to our, our second or third. Um, so, but there's there's different reasons to enjoy enjoy a league match too. I'll go. I'll go rattle off a couple that we know aren't the match. And then we can all agree on what, what the (laughs) match is. I'll I'll go Liverpool three, Newcastle two. Um, that was, you know, it was a must must win game in the season. Keep our title hopes alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, it wasn't the prettiest game. Didn't win pretty, but we got the result. And it was one of those games where, didn't happen much this season, uh, but I kind of lost hope, and they pulled out the result and got the victory. And those, it wasn't an easy game to watch, <laughs> but that's the type of result we grinded out this season to get the three points. And I think that kind of, that kind of, that kind of was a just a, a great victory for for me personally. Yeah. Oh, you personally, you, you had a lot. <laughs> you had a lot riding on that one. A lot. <laughs> it's, like, it's like rocket in uh infinity war yeah, yeah. personally i could i could lose a lot um, <laughs> I, I, there I, I don't know a couple of moments that came to mind dan mentioned earlier uh allison save against napoli um we're, we're talking similar league. we're talking the league only you're Come thinking on, Champions why, why do you restrict me? We've got good Euro moments. All right, we'll see. We've say, got great Euro league. moments, but I want to talk about that in an episode where we're, you know, we're reviewing a, a you know, number six. So let's save that for the, the appropriate venue, you know? I just had to chug it into my beer whenever you said that. Um, all right. Well, then, uh, come on with, with Origi. Origi, like, if there's, like, you know, man of the match, but like man of the moment. Like I want to say like so many shout outs to Origi and really Brenzi, like the, the real like Twitter hero that none of us deserve, but, but we all need this season, but you know, he, he hung it up, he hung it up 
And he, I'm he went away north of the wall and hung up his crown and, and just went. <laughs> I, I think so. He took his football without a Rigi, his nothing banner, and, and just, yeah, he went north of the wall. But I'm convinced that whether it's the devil or the Night King or whoever, like he made a pact that he's had to sell his soul and his Twitter account for a read to have the season that he's having too. Um, but no, I mean, for, for league moment, I mean, Dan mentioned Newcastle, like ridiculous, obviously Everton, we could point to and say that's, you know, that's one of the moments of the season. Um, you know, I always like to think of, you know, the, the atmosphere being with other fans. I, I was somewhere in, you know, small town, Mexico, like, biting my tongue because like I was in the middle of a cafe, whenever Origi scored that goal. But uh, <laughs> uh, Newcastle was a really cool one. Uh, it was a weird thing to say for Dan to say, you know, personally he had a lot of invested in it, but I uh, still don't know what that means, but no, it was an awesome game. Like we were hugging at doghouse, but I mean, let's be real. Like Barcelona is, is up there with, you know, <laughs> <laughs> other other matches that we won't name right now, just because of the implications. Um, what about but, yeah, Origi elite, celebrations, though? Let's, can we talk about that? Origi celebrations? Origi celebrations? Like the dude like from this season or previous seasons when they're like kissing? This season, when he scores winners against Everton or the fourth goal, goal against Barcelona. He just doesn't know how to celebrate. He just runs off. He kind of throws, like, flails his hands in the air. But just, the... Oh yeah, Newcastle. He yeah. definitely was like that. Was just like a like U U five scores a goal, just like kids <laughs> hands go up, just like it looked like he won bingo or something. That's just his, his celebration. Like each time, he's like, "I got bingo." It's like if one of us scores in like some like rec league, and we do like a, a stupid celebration because you know we've never really lived that life before. I, that's the way Origi looks whenever he's celebrating. I'll but granted, say, I mean, the dude never plays. He just comes on and creates these incredible moments. But <laughs> at some point, we got to look at his expected goals, assists over 90 minutes. I, I think it's... And start thinking about him as, like, the greatest impact sub of all time. <laughs> his, uh, and is it, you know, winning goals per 90? Like, that? Like that's the... <laughs> it's never been a stat before. And he he's just... <laughs> pulling them out left and right but his uh i'd say his hair adds to his his celebrations because when they put him in slow motion the the oh yeah the bowl cut dreads that he's rocking are just (laughs) flopping around and i don't know there's something to it there's something something cinematic about it it's true um but yeah, I mean, there there's so many matches that you can look back, and I mean, there's so there's a lot of great moments throughout the season. Obviously, Origi creating two two of the biggest ones in the league. Um, but I don't know. For me, I look. It wasn't the it wasn't the most dramatic win of the season for sure. Um, but I look at the Chelsea match at Anfield, and yeah. and it's you know it's a late season game against Chelsea, which has so many kind of demons associated with it. And it just, it felt like one of those tests that this team was going to have to kind of prove that they are different um, from, from previous Liverpool teams. And so for the, um, for the two goals, you know, Sadio nodding in a, a Hendo cross 
and then uh, and then Salah just a minute <laughs> a minute later scoring an absolute screamer like one of the goals of the season. Um, yeah. There was just something about that game that had had such a. It just felt like we were exercising some demons out of out of Anfield, and and I know it didn't end up necessarily mattering to this title race, but it just it feels like it matters to the club because it is us getting over the all of these moments in the past where where things have gone wrong, the slip and all that stuff, and it's just this team and and the club as it is now has is starting to put all of those moments behind it i feel like didn't robertson slip in that game too he did (laughs) yes yes (laughs) the narrative was crushing uh but i mean that chelsea one though is i'm with you on that one because one a two a two nil win I mean that's that's as good as it gets in my book. But yeah, got absolutely knocked out of the park too. I mean they, they oh just cr- I mean you can say that a lot about you know going against United. I think even the um, uh, Spurs and maybe the first part of that match or the first the first match of the season. Um, but it, it's tough to look back on these because it's almost like you know looking back on the champions league last year at, at moments, looking back at the league in 13, 14, there are so many amazing moments that we felt at the time, but now it's just like, I don't know. Those memories almost change, right? You still have those same feelings, but it, it the, the context that just kind of circles around it, knowing that it, it we ultimately fell short again I don't know. It just, it, it's hard to look back and say, Oh, that th- those were the moments, right? Because it, you know, we didn't quite get there, right. um, but <laughs> we had a ton of them this season. So at least there's that. I think, uh, and I think it is, it's gotta be the, the Derby that at Anfield, like that is the, yeah. the best match not the best performance by any stretch of the imagination. It was agonizing to watch um, for, for 95 of the 96 minutes played. (laughs) (laughs) But the, uh, that for that moment to happen and all of the jokes that had been made about Pickford's arms being too short and (laughs) like for that all to culminate in an actual moment where the length of his arms mattered, (laughs) <laughs> in them conceding a last minute winner is just it was almost too po- po- too poetic to to even really wrap my mind around um and yeah i think that's i think that's got to be in terms of moments the uh the that match of the season but i mean the next the next thing i want to get is there are so many like we associate so many players with all these moments obviously and we talked about Origi, but mm-hmm. who was your who was your favorite player from this season your the guy that every time he was on the field you know you you just enjoyed watching him play i got i'm going to go with uh, Joel Matip <laughs> <laughs> That, You're gonna laugh. I, I I I love that answer because that is a that's a quintessential Gringos fave. Like that's, Joel yeah. Matip, we've stand him from day one. Well, the thing is, when uh, Gomez, you know, got his leg broken against Burnley, we're all freaking out because we don't, you know, 
heaven forbid Lovren gets in the squad because he's Ugh. he's hot garbage. But uh, <laughs> Matt Tip came in. He's been you know riddled with injuries. Hasn't been too consistent. And he came in and well, first of all, his runs through the midfield or it's it's literally one of the best things you could ever see in any game. It's better than watching Messi play. Uh, <laughs> Those marauding runs up the midfield. I mean, I think there's a there's a good uh, uh, Twitter clip uh, compilation somebody got together of his his best runs, and it's I think I've watched it maybe a thousand times. Filth. Um, but the Coutinho the replacement, ass- yeah. not the best Coutinho knew? replacement. Who knew? <laughs> but the assurance he, he he brought in the back. I think it was maybe his performance against Bayern in the Champions League, where yeah. he really just showed that he was. He, he may run around looking like a, a woman that lost her purse, but it, the dude can def- can defend and yeah. he can pass the ball, and he, he kind of provided this this coverage that we needed when we thought our best other center back was out injured for months. So him to come in and completely just kind of say, yeah, you know what, he's he's out, but we're completely the same defense performed. It's pretty much the same as what I did the first half of the season. So uh, that's why I think that uh, Matt would be my favorite player of the year. Yeah, I mean, he, he comes in, he starts, I believe, 14 straight there in the middle of the season after Gomez's injury. Um, and it was something like nine clean sheets out of, out of 14 games or something like that. So mm-hmm. just like slotted right in and, and didn't, you know, there was no marked kind of drop off in in the defensive performance overall so that's about the best you can ask from people people were rating him as our fourth best center back which i don't think was entirely fair but um but he came straight in and and makes a huge impact so i i i totally buy that i'm 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 with that <laughs> you guys want to know why i've soured on my tip why? Oh God! Can can you guess? Can because you guess? the rest of LFC Twitter has come around. He's not as good as a uh, Martin Skirtle. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> Get out! God, even even the Skype video just now cut to you, <laughs> and you're you're li- you look like you're on the Kardashians or the Bachelor or something. <laughs> like you've got the cameras in focus on you, the background's blurred. And you come in talking about Martin I got one Skirtle. sock on too. Get it? I got one sock. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know what it's on. So why I've soured on Matip is because you know whenever you kind of create your your own character on FIFA or whatever your poison is, you know you you build them kind of uh, in your image. I'll say right. Sure. So of course me, I'm always like right midfield, maybe wing, six foot four. You know, tall, gangly looking, but on FIFA, you you know, you're obviously you, you look world class, and you just have those animations. Seeing Matip play is like, oh god, like that's what I look like, except so much worse. Because this is like, I'm going to use this term loosely, like this is a world class soccer player at you know at the at the peak of his profession, right? A small percentage of the world's population can do what he does. And I try on occasions. And so I just see myself knowing as goofy as Matip looks right now, it's, it's so much worse whenever I'm playing. Um, but no, we, we know we're all Matip fans here, but that, 
that kind of self-actualization when you're seeing him making those runs, it's like, God, I really am that bad. But <laughs> <laughs> I got lost to track. I, or I, I lost track of what we were talking about. Favorite players. Yeah. <sighs> I, I kind of want to go. I don't know. I, 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 I want to go verge. I want to go Mane, like Sala, obviously. I want to say Trent. And I think I got to go. I think I got to go with Mane, right? Yeah. Just somebody that, not necessarily my favorite, but anytime he picks up the ball or he finishes by doing like a cartwheel or a backflip or inverted somersault, <laughs> anytime Mane has the ball, I, I've got like the Genie Wijnaldum smile on my face. So I'll, I'll go Mane. I'll go Mane. So it, it's funny that you bring up Mane. I was I was drinking a beer called the Perfect Disguise earlier, and uh, Mane is wearing the perfect disguise for a guy who is the best header of the ball in the Premier League. <laughs> at five nine, at five nine, pacey winger, he's the best header of the ball <laughs> in the division, um, and I would put him up against anybody. Um, because the way that he has scored, he nearly he was a post away from scoring a hat, tr- a hat trick of headed goals. <laughs> uh, in what, which game was that when he, uh, gosh, Huddersfield? Yeah. I, want, I was going to say Huddersfield, right? Huddersfield, I believe, um, where he was where? on a hat trick and, and headed against the post. Um, an easier header than his second header, <laughs> headed goal. Um, but yeah, as far as, uh, I mean, you know that I have my, my faves, like Bobby is always, is always near the top. Obviously, yeah. Um, you know, Trent, Robbo, they're all, they're all up there, but I have to give a, sh- a shout out just because of how, how his year's gone and how he's capping this year off as well to Genie Wijnaldum because oh. the, the, the guy started out the season as everyone's raving about him for his performances in midfield and he's doing the dirty work and he's doing all this hard work in midfield. And then it turns out, you know, he's played like 4,000 something minutes or whatever. And he's just, he's looking a little leggy. He's looking a little tired. Everyone's like, eh, I don't know. We need to give Genie a rest. Genie gets a rest. And then he comes back <laughs> And starts scoring goals right here at the end of the season. <laughs> and uh, there is nothing better. And we saw it, I know, it, uh, you know, in the, in the Champions League against Barcelona, but we saw it against, against Brighton uh, yeah. away. And a good genie celebration on an important goal in a big game is top-notch because the energy, <laughs> the energy he puts in to the celebration is more than what he puts in to the match and that's you know a hundred <laughs> he's overloading in terms yeah, of energy. and he always touches the badge yeah and i appreciate that yeah so in terms of just guys that look you know like they've just absolutely committed and i will give an honorable mention to hendo especially for uh for yeah. how he's ended the year kind of being unleashed here at the end of the season well, ever of- since he got switched from being the six to <laughs> actually exactly. you know being able to move forward <laughs> exactly out of that six role and now it's like oh yeah i remember jordan henderson actually can play <laughs> <laughs> Man, have you seen his uh youtube videos from his sunderland days i mean 
not really. Oh, the, the skills and yeah, tricks. Yeah, the skills where it's like yeah. juggling the ball or, you know, oh, bouncing yeah. on his back. Well, <laughs> surprise, surprise that like a kid growing up that was an attacking mid or right mid that is not that has next to no defensive awareness is better in his natural position than he is as a ball playing six. Like yeah. I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not shocked. We've talked about this for literally five years. Yeah. Hey, I mean, Sunderland, <laughs> Sunderland till I die. So, um, the, uh, which the, the next season, <laughs> the next season, oh, of, please don't the next season of that will be a lot, of <laughs> a lot more enjoyable, I guess with them. Um, getting to the playoff final but anyways the <laughs> the oh and yeah you can look forward to a green street a green street episode in the in the near future probably post post final <laughs> off season maybe we'll the day of <laughs> the summer the summer special yeah the summer the off season special so the day of <laughs> what better way to celebrate number six and uh do a podcast in green street hooligans <laughs> Yeah, all the or uh, maybe a Phil, a Phil, if you were coming to uh, South Bend for the uh, okay, Dortmund, let's not. Oh, let's yeah. not rub it yeah. in. All right, I, <laughs> let's not, a lot of rubbing. I'm already, I'm already upset. All right. Um. So I mean, we talked, we talked matches, players. So we got to talk about goals. Favorite goal of the season. Mm. It can Oof. be, you know, favorite goal in terms of the moment. Favorite goal in terms of the skill involved. Favorite goal in terms of the celebration. You know, wherever you were at watching it, um, all of those are are valid in my eyes. So, favorite favorite goal of this whole season, league season, league season, league. <laughs> it would I've got, be. I've got two, both against the same club. But Dan, Dan, you go first. It's a tough one. It, it really is. Uh, you could do best team goal. Best individual goal. Um, well, let's best, let's talk best, best team, team goal. goal would be uh, Firmino's goal against City. It is. Oh. It's a. It is an absolute fucking shame that we didn't win that game or tie that game at least because that is one of the goals of the season. Yeah. What was it? I won't Was it from from down down across the line? We, we don't need. We don't need. That that's not the stat we're looking for in this episode. <laughs> for what? Oh uh, no, the point uh, eleven or whatever. Um, no, the that that goal is legitimately one of the goals of the season. And if yeah. if the result had been different, it would be remembered more. But because oh yeah, because of the result, it it's not looked back on. But that is against the best Premier League team ever assembled. It is an absolute. I mean, size them apart, pass them to pieces, like a Pep Guardiola goal yeah. against <laughs> Pep Guardiola. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. a good shout, Dan, because that is that is a ridiculous goal. But in terms of in individual skill, uh, you got Firmino's goal against Arsenal, yeah. Sturridge, Serge Salah against uh, Chelsea. Yeah. Bangers only against uh, Chelsea. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Phil, I, I gotta appreciate your your uh, your genie show for player your favorite player of the season. So I'm gonna go with his goal against Bournemouth as oh, my favorite of the season. That's such a good one. That like in terms of just total shock and reaction, 
<laughs> that it, the take and the chip is just it's nobody it's, expected that either. No, <laughs> yeah, the keeper. Yeah, you love a good chip too. Yeah, yeah, you have to love a good chip, and he chips it straight over the keeper. It's not a misdirection. It's not he sends the keeper kind of down, and then it's literally chips the keeper from two feet in front of the keeper, <laughs> standing straight up. Uh, it's yeah, that's a ridiculous goal. That's a that's a really good shout. Uh, I love that goal. Pat, what you got? I got to go. All things considered, didn't didn't win the game. Got us a point. <sighs> Salos is up there. Firmino's is up there, like you mentioned. But Sturridge's against Chelsea, just like my complete love for Sturridge. Whether or not he'll be back at the club next season, you know who knows. But that seeing that piece of brilliance one more time from Sturridge was just so cool. And the fact that it salvaged a point against Chelsea. And he had to celebrate too, which is even better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go slight, slightly different. I'm just going to bring up one that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, and, uh, that is Mane against Watford with the back heel chip. Oh, (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to that is just bringing that up in terms of because it's exactly it's exactly what we've come to expect from Mane in terms of he does something really, really shit, <laughs> followed by something really incredible. Um, he's he's all about balance. <laughs> he's like he's like Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He's our he's our best two footed player. He's a the best header of the ball. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's he's all about. But balance. he's also the most unbalanced person on the team. But <laughs> right. somehow he does better when he's not because he, fully balanced. In that goal, he takes a terrible first touch, but it <laughs> sets up the possibility to, for him to do the ridiculous, which is chip the keeper with a back heel (laughs) (laughs) which shouldn't even be possible but he pulls it off and and that is um to me it just kind of rounds out um Sadio's season where he was he was such an important piece um and there's so many of those moments you still catch yourself saying like ah Sadio you know like he took an extra touch or he miscontrolled or whatever um, but anytime he would screw something up, I would, I would turn to everybody at the bar and be like, he's about to do something crazy. <laughs> he's he's like, <laughs> that, well, we need to give, you had the shout, the, the close to or around 30 goals shout this season, yes. which was, which was impressive. Yeah. Um, he's close. He's two, he's two goal involvements away from, from reaching uh-huh. my, my mark. So, um, he can Uh-oh. he can turn me into the smartest man alive in the Champions League final, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I thought that ahead of the season, the way that he was kind of coming out of the World Cup and and playing in preseason, he he just seemed like he was really on kind of a different level um, from from previous years, and as more attention went Salah's way. Um, I thought it was only kind of fitting that that Mane would start picking up the slack because we know that we know that Bobby is still going to be pulling strings like from deeper. And I mean, at the beginning of the season, we were having conversations about how 
Firmino was basically playing midfield. He wasn't even playing as a false nine anymore. He was, you know, he was so deep that he wasn't getting involved in goals at all. Um, and so Mane's, Mane's emergence, I guess, as that kind of second main goal scorer, uh, you know, across from Salah was, uh, was, was key. And, um, you know, teams, teams set out to stop Mo and, and they, they got Sadio instead. And, you know, they, uh, did that at their own peril for, for most of them this season. So yeah, we'll see if he can grab the two, um, the two involvements that that I need where I can retweet that that tweet to the ends of the earth uh, <laughs> during the final. <laughs> I think that's a good segue too. Yeah. Um, speaking of tweets, the uh, I mean, there have been there's so many on a on a game to game basis, and even you know <laughs> in between games, there's so many memes and and just different hilarious tweets that that enter enter the world um but i want to go with your guys favorite meme or tweet from this premier league season take it away dan that's a tough one uh it's so tough there's been a couple non-lfc related ones uh but i'll stick to lfc uh the most actually one of the most recent ones was the uh somebody mashed up uh the O'Reggie goal against Everton with the music to uh <laughs> the Gene Heap uh <laughs> yes. song and I I I I probably watched that about a hundred times in a row and just and died. He is uh, but, uh he's worth a shout out too because he's a he's a pretty legit uh US soccer guy as well uh mike pendleton <laughs> aka uh at fat deuce seven um <laughs> he uh he's a tampa bay rowdies fan from the usl um but he does tons of like stat stuff and he's a liverpool fan um so he's basically the man but he he took the footage of Origi's goal against everton and put it over mm, what you say um <laughs> In an OC style, uh, <laughs> slow motion, unfortunate event, if you will. Um, and it was just absolutely amazing. You can hear the audio from that post here. Arnold Mina with the header, a wild volley from Van Dijk. It's awkward. What you say, oh, that you only meant well. And you can imagine the, uh, the just the scenes of Origi heading the ball in, slow motion views of Klopp <laughs> with his mouth kind of like <laughs> flailing to the side. I don't really know like the an correct... angry grimace <laughs> smile thing that he does. As he takes off on his, his sprint onto the field and, and then a shot of the away end in the Anfield road end as well. Just, it is, it is, I, I called it, I, I think I called it pure flawless art. Um, and you can, oh, yeah. you can follow Mike at it's at fat seven deuce and fat spelled like cool fat. Um, you know, not fat fat. So, oh. yeah. And I also wanted to give one more shout out to For the, sure. uh, 
I don't know who tweeted it, but uh, he, uh, this person, I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, apparently he went to uh, went to bang on Duncan Castle's window, <laughs> dressed as the European Cup, and I. I think about this a lot every time he posts something, and I, I really hope it's true. So whoever you are that went to Duncan Castle's window and dressed as the European Cup, you are you are a hero. <laughs> hats, hats off to him. Absolutely. Can we all agree that Imogene Heap just absolutely bangs? I mean, it, we're in agreement, right? Like that like song, out. or are we talking like I still, albums? I still I, listen to it. I'm going to say Imogene Heat Bangs. I wouldn't necessarily say that that song bangs. Can you name more is, than one song crazy. other than Hide and Seek? I, you can't just, I can't just go into the Imogene Heat Bolt and just start pulling them out right now. So give me. I can give, I can give you a few. <laughs> All right, give me one more. Hide and Seek. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anything Headlock. except hide and seek. Uh, hide and seek. Headlock. First train home. What's I'm going to tell you, I'm a big Imogene Heat fan. So what's Dang. the one from the Holiday? They're in the Holiday. Nobody likes that fucking movie. Whoa, man. whoa! <laughs> Skirtle Strike One. Anti holiday. holiday Strike Two. I just told you're, you what you're you watch about time. You're a big Holiday fan. Yeah, I did watch that movie. Wait, the Holiday or About Time? The one with the ginger. Oh, yeah, about time. Great flick. Yeah, that was pretty good. Great flick. I mean, it's no holiday, but. <laughs> no, you you said that you're talking about that movie the other day. You, you said, yeah, Nigel, Nigel Clough's in it. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like Brian Clough? <laughs> like the manager of Nottingham Forest? <laughs> yeah. Who's the uh, who's the actor in that movie? The, Bill uh, Nye? Bill Nye. I thought, yeah. Like, I, I was confused with that was something Clough. else. <laughs> all right, all right. He's like the Bill, manager of Swindon now, or something. No, like that. no, I thought you meant Bill Nye, like the, the you know Bill Nye the Science Guy. Yeah, no, oh. the other Bill Nye. Confusing myself. But, yeah, the one from uh, Nigel Nigel the, a movie that is not necessarily holding up as well as The Holiday did. Uh, Love Actually, terrible movie too. It's uh, well, it, it's enjoyable it's at Christmas time. It, I mean, yeah, it's not good. I, like that's, We've talked about it on another podcast before where I think we both used to really enjoy that movie up until the fact that we found out that Margaret it was Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher right. that Hugh Grant <laughs> called a saucy minx and that that just kind of ruined – it's all been downhill from there. Yeah, Margaret but, Thatcher uh, will, uh, will play a part in my villains uh, section of this. <laughs> <laughs> of, <laughs> well, you have to give your tweet, your tweet of the year. Because it was also my tweet of the year, but I, I think you called dibs on it. Oh, um, <laughs> I've played this audio clip before. Should I play the clip again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. So, um, so the tweet was I have to I have to give the right uh, the right credit um, to the account that originally posted it because it was absolute. World class. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's from uh, at uh, it's from Sal at SX Lang underscore. Um, but it was before the Chelsea match, and it said Fabinho when he saw Hazard's name in the Chelsea lineup, and this video was played. 
Definitely concerns me a little bit, you know what I mean? But, you know, I, I pack that thing too. So you come around this way, you will get caught. <laughs> Which is my favorite video on Twitter, period. Uh, it just, it's applicable in so many moments. I think I stole that video to uh, use for <laughs> Game of Thrones memes as well. <laughs> when Arya heard the Night King was coming. <laughs> also quality. Um, also I packed that thing too. So uh, so that is mine for at SX Lang. Like, and I've let them know as well that 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 is one of the tweets of the season. Um, just absolutely, absolutely world class, as I said. I agree. And also with your Aria one, that transitioned well into one. I was just going to say the Phil Bakke catalog is, you know, the most underrated uh, in in the Twitterverse. But <laughs> you're since far, you're since, far too kind. Well, well, you know, we know quality when we see it. But <laughs> since we were both in agreement, I have to then I will use my time. I will, you know, yield my floor time to potentially one of the gringo heroes of the season um, in Babu. And Mm -hmm. he now, he and a mysterious Dan, I don't know Dan. Do you know Dan? He's not added in this. I'm right right here. (laughs) No, no, no. A Dan that brings something to the table. That's true. I don't don't bring shit to the table. (laughs) That's true. So So harsh out here in these streets. (laughs) Um, we're st- we're still unsure of the correct cor- correct correct if I call correctly correctly <laughs> <laughs> the cr- I can't say it now the pronunciation <laughs> crack stats is that what we're going with we're going with crack stats right stats. crack stats at c r a q u e stats crack stats from yep. our favorite babu yeah um, whose real name is steven ribero have have we talked about the reveal of babu's first name or yeah i'm not i'm name? not going to touch that cuz i feel like <laughs> it should have been a two red gringos exclusive <laughs> and if we don't talk about it and we get babu on then we'll just roll it out to the world and say it's a two Ray Gringos exclusive. Yeah, we will uh and we will have Babu on at some point. It's the the time difference is just really is just really getting getting us at this point. But um yeah, like as far as analytics and and the quality of articles that are produced, um Babu is is up amongst the greats and for them to have started their own kind of analytics company and website as well is such oh, an yeah. awesome, such an awesome step. Um, and I'm, I'm really interested to see, uh, what gets produced out of there. Cause I mean, we have another, another gringos hall of famer, Sam McGuire has, had reached out to Babu earlier this week and complimented him on the amount of articles that he does and the amount of like <laughs> analysis he does because Sam is like, this is my job, and I still don't have the time. Like, or I can't always find the time that you that you find. Yeah, pretty much called him yeah. a freak, but in yeah. a good way. I mean, we yeah. have long suspected that Babu has access to a secret database <laughs> that nobody else has access to. I don't think thought he, it, I thought he's a bot for a, a minute. <laughs> it, I, I was kind of there at the start too, except there wasn't any weird like 
pro-Trump stuff that would sneak into his his Twitter timeline. So he's a real person. The, the Ben but, Fast, if you will. But oh god, <laughs> uh, who uh, bizarrely enough did not make the shortlist for of the, of the season? But we'll get to that. He's definitely he's the most punchable, so he's got that. But or Babu maybe, or Trump? No, no. Ben, ben Fast. Ben Fast. We, I should, I, I phrased it poorly. Should have like the most, the face where you most want to throw a milkshake on you. it, given all the things <laughs> that have happened lately. You. But remember when Babu started coming out with just seemingly out of nowhere, and people like Dan Kennett, Simon Brundish, maybe Sam, I don't recall them interacting quite as much, but were just like blown away. Like, and these mm-hmm. were the guys that had like stats that people tune in to AI, like all those other like heavy podcasts for. Right. And Babu's just like crushing it, like yeah. from day one. So maybe he was like Keanu and like, you know, in the Matrix. Like he was born inside of the machine. <laughs> uh that's that's just how I picture Babu like pulling all this data and stats from out of nowhere. It is I mean <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a great transition now as we as we start talking about we've talked about the good um and definitely check out check out babu if you haven't at babu yagu and uh and at crack stats c-r-a-q-u-e because it is it promises to be like next level um if you know babu's previous work is anything to go off of um so now we have to we have to balance it out just like Sadio. We gotta balance it out with <laughs> with the bad. And there have been we always talk about the heroes and villains of social media. We'll talk about the heroes in a in a later episode. We'll we'll give them their time, uh their time in the sun. But it's time to talk about the villains. And there have been so many people this year that have become social media villains. Uh, taking to taking to the the Twitter the Twitter sphere to uh, to spread just absolute nonsense. So I mean, I want to talk about our our short list here of villains. I mean, there's probably even more that that are getting off the hook uh, <laughs> here <laughs> because there have been so many villains who have revealed themselves this year, but who, who do we want to talk about as far as the, the villains? Can we do the, the generalization one? I think we saved that for last. Okay. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's talk about some local. I, I want to start with Stu Brennan. Okay. I like the Stu Brennan Duncan castles combination there. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see their, uh, their exchange today? I did not see an exchange today. Well, yeah, they had, uh, there's a new stew exchange today. Yeah, stew and uh, stew and Duncan. Oh, wait, yeah. together? <laughs> yeah. No. It was. Uh, let me see if I can find it. But stew, I love stew's whole thing. Well, especially what was it last week where uh, the article came out in the Times. Uh, you know, questioning uh, uh, Abu Dhabi group and all that. And Stu Brennan just made some random shit up <laughs> <laughs> to counter, literally, literally. To counter uh, the article. And then somebody called him out on it. And then he's just like, oh, 
yeah, yeah, that wasn't right. And that, that was it. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't even apologize to, uh, uh, I think it was Tariq, Tariq Panja. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Uh-huh. Uh, but he's the one that, uh, originally did the article, he didn't even apologize to him, to him, to, uh, about the, just the, the rubbish that he, that he, that he put out. But, uh, yeah, he got into an argument with Duncan Castles today, and no uh, and and when that happens, it's just like it's like <laughs> two turds trying to fight to see who smells the best, pretty much. Didn't I coin this term like "tip of the turd"? I don't know. <laughs> Did you coin it? Like the Probably pinnacle, not. like the Probably pinnacle not. of shit, like the most concentrated, disgusting part of the turd. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> that that actually, I take it all back. That was the tweet of the year when I called. I don't know who it was, but somebody the tip of the turd. <laughs> I actually searched Twitter for tip of the turd and didn't see anything. No, I saw no the the um, Stu Brennan was interacting. Who's the guy? Is it Andrew Doss? The, yeah, from the Times. Yeah, yeah, from New actually, York Times. Actually, is like U.S. based, and and I feel like I hate Andrew Doss. Um, but I'm not sure if I'm just mixing it up with another kind of U.S. based journalist. He has a lot of very uh, bald, uh, bald, the other bald asshole, Grant Wall. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Doss Doss has a lot of uh, walls, a lot of pro MLS kind of kind of leanings. So okay, uh, I know. So it could come from some of that. I'll come out and say then. Then yeah, he's the one I hate. but in this interaction <laughs> with Stu Brennan, like he came out looking good. Yeah. <laughs> any any other time I've seen or come across Andrew Dawson in my timeline, it's been hot garbage filling it up. So that's that's the level. So to see them, Stu and Dunk interacting with each other, is just like I, I don't even know how to describe it. It is just like you you can feel it if you had like a turd in your left hand and a turd in your right hand. <laughs> And just slowly squish them together. This is this is that's the interaction. This is Euron Greyjoy and Jamie Lannister fighting on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're that's what we're seeing. Like just haphazard, just ridiculous fight. We're not sure why it's happening. It's not going well for either for either party. Um, and. Sounds- and we just we're left at the end with one smugly thinking that they've destroyed the other, um, and and that's basically that's basically it. Like they both think they've won, um, and uh, and in fact neither of them have won. So <laughs> it's funny because the, literally this conversation is just them answering questions with more questions, and it just keeps going until <laughs> uh, Stu Brennan's like. Uh, now, no, I'll just mute you, and uh, that'll be the end of it. <laughs> like, like a fight, like it came down to fisticuffs. That'd be cool to have like a celebrity boxing match between, uh, you know, journalists in the UK. Even though Duncan Castles is not a journalist, and Stuart Brennan is not a gen- journalist. No. Uh, I think that'd be that'd be a pretty cool thing to see. So, I mean. The the Stu Brennan stuff, uh, it it brings up the the rest of 
this strange kind of siege mentality that that city and its and its fan base have have taken up um and they've taken up arms against UEFA um i mean <laughs> pat we even heard like when we uh when we were on uh, who kicked the corner flag, which was a lot of fun. Like it was a yeah. fun podcast to be on and I'm not like disparaging them at all, but the city fan we were on with even said so, like jokingly said something about uh, like, he'd rather fight UEFA in the courts and like get them disbanded than, <laughs> you know, like he'd be fine with like the suspension from the champions league. If it meant like an ultimate win against UEFA, um, and it kind of summed up for me just the weird, delusional, kind of strange place that that city um, supporters are are living in right now yeah. um, to justify their, I guess, fandom of a, you know, club that has such a sketchy ownership group. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, not just LFC Twitter, but general writers not not a big writer more probably like blogger smaller account um but likened it to you know not necessarily uh, i don't want to just corner it by calling it like this the rise of like fake news or anything like that but it just parallels the political like social media twitter probably more so facebook for for like the trump and the alt-right and all that of uh, for city, almost like these parody accounts of like the Guardiola era, all these weird, like completely ridiculously like pro city, like spent ninety percent of their time talking about Liverpool throughout it. Mm-hmm. But that that's become the norm. Like that that is city Twitter, not just city Twitter, because it goes beyond that. Because we're seeing it like Pep get rattled and Pep. In in uh, press conferences with people now with what the new one about what we already kind of knew like players previous managers I don't know if anything was in there about Pep but it's still a valid question right like Mancini and others like getting paid like paid underneath the table like that's just we know what's going on now but everything from just like the the players like Sterling doing interviews like this just complete negative vibe and negative culture that has just cast a complete shadow on what, what this city club is. And aside from just the fact that they are, are blatantly cheating and currently investigating, I don't know. It can only, it, it can only happen. Maybe the premier league is a more of a spotlight. So we don't quite see it with maybe the, the PSGs and maybe Chelsea has been, been around just long enough now um, to where they might have a more authentic fan base you know, maybe because they existed pre Twitter. Um, but with city, it's just, I don't know. Like it feels like that Guardiola era, like became <laughs> like <laughs> the norm, right. From yeah. like all the way up to like Pep in the managers, but it's just, it's this combination of a club with little to no history and an incredibly tiny, like local supportive fan base meshing with a global global social media enterprise and, and a marketing scheme and to call it just like the best way I've seen it is just it's it was a football project and it could have happened anywhere. 
Right. Well, the thing is, they haven't had the worst history. They they've had they've always had a decent youth set up. They mm-hmm. they've done things decently. The fact they, you know, two thousand eight, they had rich owners come in by the club. And they spent one point two billion dollars. But uh, I, I saw a thing on Twitter today, uh, a thread of some mm-hmm. city fan who pretty much said, uh, um, you know, they love the club. They they love the way it was brought up. But then you look at the way the owners. And the fact of what's happening in that country and the way they're all the horrible things they're doing and how the worst part of it is how majority of the fans are defending the owners um, kind of shows you where we're at whenever you're some of your own your own supporters are saying it's great to see the club club success now, but it's awful that. A lot of majority of the fans are now defending a, a really shitty way of owning a football club. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's it's yeah, I it's think, messy, and we <laughs> see what happens. I think it's a I think it is a bizarre situation because there are there are plenty of you know city fans from you know back in the day when they were when they were in the third division and, and, and all of that, uh, all of that was going on. They were, uh, you know, they went through some <laughs> incredibly tough times as a, as a club. And, and even, um, recently were, uh, almost not viable, uh, as, as a club anymore. Um, it, in, as that thread, I think pointed out, um, in the, the late nineties, they kind of went for it and it didn't work out. They brought in mm-hmm. Kevin Keegan and and all that to try to to try to get back to the the top of the domestic game. They ended up in the in the third division at the end of all of it. So, um, but this weird kind of siege mentality around what is you know, I it, it's gotten thrown around a lot now. But but it's it's not really worth or it's not really possible to over to overstate that. I mean this project is a is a soft power grab for the government of the United Arab Emirates like yeah. that is that is like that is yeah. you know if if i mean we're literally at the point like if trump was out there buying soccer teams like across <laughs> across the world like that's that's literally the level that this is at um and he was not only buying them for himself but funding those teams like via the wealth of his country um and and so that is why right now it it's not even comparable to teams in the past who have invested a lot or even even yeah. the most egregious you know example that everyone uses is Chelsea but even then it was Abramovich with his personal wealth it wasn't the government of Russia buying <laughs> Chelsea. Like that's a that's yeah. that's literally the level that this is at. And uh, and so I saw a tweet today that just like encapsulated the whole thing. Uh, and I actually unfollowed someone from my personal account because they retweeted this like in a non-ironic way onto my timeline. Um, <laughs> And it was from this guy who's uh, at is at CKMCFC01. And he said, the history books will forever show Manchester City the first team to win a domestic treble. 
in 20 years' time, no one will have heard of Miguel Delaney, Rory Smith, or Rob Harris. Pathetic <laughs> clickbait merchants, period. <laughs> So you've just described a <laughs> the chief football writer at the Independent, the chief soccer correspondent at the New York Times, and the <laughs> global football slash sports writer for Associated Press as pathetic clickbait merchants. <laughs> His profile picture is what really tipped it in for me, which is a picture of it's the picture of Klopp when he signed for Liverpool, um, touching the, this is Anfield sign, but photoshopped on the, this is Anfield sign is a picture of Margaret Thatcher. Oh my God. The level of, why are you following this? This is him. No, no, no. I wasn't following this person. I was following a city fan who was also like in U S soccer, like tied up in that. Uh, but I was following a city fan who, retweeted this onto my timeline and it literally made me unfollow him. Um, <laughs> so the, <laughs> this, this account is everything that is so messed up about the way that city Twitter and the fan base are operating right now, which is they've taken on this like weird siege mentality against journalists. And it it's so reminiscent of <laughs> what's going on in our own government here in the u.s that like it's it's really crazy to watch it happen to a sports team fan base almost in the same way that it's happened to like a political party here in the united states it's almost like they need a milkshake thrown at them yeah (laughs) all of city twitter (laughs) so that encapsulated for me like when i saw that i could barely believe it was real um And but then at the end of the day, like the profile picture of this Manchester City account is a picture of Klopp. Like and that is like I know it's a piss take, obviously, but that also wraps up that there it's not just this siege mentality, but it's also a weird obsession (laughs) with Liverpool. Yeah, Lester never went through this. Like (laughs) this is not like it's not just like an inferior inferiority complex of a club that you know, can't necessarily hold, uh, hold their weight next to the, the others and the big six. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. Like Lester was like a cool story. Right. And I think it's just, it's a huge inferiority complex. It's the expectation that like city, they won the treble, but it's just like, I go to the grocery store and buy some milk. There's nothing extraordinary about it. I like, bought my milk. I made the I think purchase. Phil That's tweeted it. or retweeted just that, right? Like, or, or you responded in a quote, a quote tweet to somebody about, like, that's the expectation now. Yeah. City should win everything. You've got the best manager in the world. You've got the, you know, the most highly invested in squad in the world. Like, yeah. you have to win everything. You buy $50 million wingers that struggled to get into the club. Like you have changed the sport. And if you don't win everything, no, the, you can't just not be successful in the champions league, which is the Holy grail for probably just about every other club except for Liverpool. (laughs) And then say like, Oh, the domestic troubles is tougher. Like, well, it's not because you can't do it. So it's just, 
it, it part inferiority complex, but then goes back to part of that. Just like you've got this fan base that probably just exists on Twitter and just expects everything. They just expect that you have to win every trophy that you're involved in. And that's not normal. <laughs> that's not normal in this sport. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the, the teams that have literally won everything, it's, it's Pep's like 2010 Barcelona yeah. that won like nine competitions, you know, if you include like the super cups and the, and like yeah. the club world cup and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were literally winning everything. Um, and it was because they had, obviously it was kind of a different Barcelona at that point, but they still had the resources to bring mm-hmm. in whoever they wanted. Um, and that is, <laughs> that is the level that city is at now. If they are not winning whatever competition they're in, especially yeah. given, especially given the fact that in this FA Cup run, they played no one of consequence. Oh, God. <laughs> Even into the final, they played no one of consequence. They avoided big teams at every at every turn. So it's just. Uh, that you know, even avoiding all that, there is no excuse. They had a clear path to the Champions League final, and and to go out against Spurs. I mean, I mean, they had they had some rough rough, you know, fixtures in the FA Cup. Oh yeah, Newport, Ooh. Newport, <laughs> some Rotherham, Burnley, Newport, oh, Swansea, Brighton, Watford. <laughs> and if Here's, and if VAR I mean, if VAR uh, was in the FA Cup, the then Swansea they game. they would have gone out against Swansea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least they they had a difficult matchup in the Carabao Cup. Who's that? Oxford, Fulham, Leicester, <laughs> Burton, and uh, Chelsea in the final. There well, at go. least they had to play Chelsea. I guess that's <laughs> I, at least at least you could say in the Champions League they had a tougher matchup. You know? Yeah. Leon, Shakhtar, Hoffenheim, <laughs> Schalke, Tottenham. It's terrible. Shit, like yes. if they were even like everything was on a platter. Like aside from the Premier League. Yeah. I I tried thinking about like because I I really did enjoy watching those uh, the Barcelona and, and even the Spain team at the height. Mm-hmm. of what they were doing a few years ago. Absolutely. And so I started I, I started thinking like, well, maybe, like if I'm a 15-year-old kid, right, and I want to just, you know, I'm getting on Twitter, I'm watching, maybe I'm getting into the sport for the first time, like a lot of people in the U.S. did. And I'm tuning in and I see the way the city play. Like maybe I buy into that, right, the same way that I love watching that those Barcelona squads play. But I don't know. I, I just – I can't separate, like, everything else that happens and how apparent – how apparently phony it is. And I don't know, like, if there's a cutoff point of maturity and maybe, like – maybe it is. Maybe that's what their fan club consists of or, like, you know, 10 million 15-year-olds on Twitter. Like, and that's and that's why we have these interactions that we do and why <laughs> all the way up to the – you know, when your whole – club is based on marketing and some new injection of cash like that is going to define who they are and, and why it's such a shit show mm-hmm. well i mean as we as we kind of transition out of talking about city because i really it it leaves me feeling <laughs> like dirty um we the are villains in, that's what we're talking about we are in the one match 
that City wanted to be in this whole season. Um, and I I guarantee that, that Sheikh Mansour or uh, Khaldun or whoever at the City hierarchy would, would certainly trade the Premier League title for a spot in this Champions League final. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the match that, I mean, obviously for Liverpool to reach two consecutive yeah. Champions League finals is kind of what you were talking about towards the beginning of this episode, Pat, like, and Dan, like the, this is one of the best teams in the world. Like, and we can't really deny that anymore because we've, we've appeared in the final of the European cup twice in a row. Um, I think it's been 15% of the finals and like the, or some yeah. certain number, like since 2005, like 15% of the finals have been <laughs> Liverpool involved. So it's it is, incredible. it is a, it is a massive matchup to obviously to everyone in Liverpool because it is it is a chance at silverware, and it is a chance for redemption for last year. So what is out of all the things that that could affect this game? What is the key to a matchup in a one-off game against Tottenham Hotspur, who we have already beat twice this season? Although that second win was a was a little dicey. <laughs> I. I think it's going to come down to to the midfield, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our best game against Tottenham this season was the first one. Yeah. Um, and we did not employ the Brexit midfield in that, that game. <laughs> and I think that, that kind of showed. We had, I think it was Keita, um, Vinaldum, and Miller, maybe? I think Hendo came on later. But... Uh, I think that was our, our best game, and the fact I think with uh, with Tottenham hopefully starting uh, um, who's the who's the Tottenham midfielder uh, Sissoko Sissoko no, uh, the African guy Wanyama uh, uh, yeah I think closing to, I think he's their weak point in their midfield I think closing him down is going to be a huge huge difference in in how we progressing in the game but I think having Fabinho in the midfield and I think uh, your other two have to be Wijnaldum and Henderson I think they can close down that midfield and kind of tighten things up I think that'll be the uh, the biggest difference I mean it is something that's definitely played a part um, in the past and we did employ you know in the final last year it was it was the kind of hardworking <laughs> Brexit midfield uh, <laughs> that we haven't, we haven't seen a ton of in this second half of the season, um, probably partially down to the fact that, that Milner is, you know, not the spring chicken that he once was. Um, <laughs> but also we've, we've seen Milner used to good effect off the bench um, in, in games where we're trying to, to uh, close things out, Fulham aside. Um, so the, uh, so, I mean, in a game like this, like Harry Kane, it's kind of rumored that he'll be fit for the final. And I mean, that, that is my question. Like, is, is Harry Kane playing actually a positive for Liverpool in this, in a match like this? Yes. I don't know. I, I, you say that. And then of course they'll like, 
you know, he's, he's bound to score somehow, but uh, first and foremost, I agree with Dan. I think the midfield is going to be key because in the last, uh, not, not the first head to head match we had with them, the second match, um, it, it was really what that was the one that was kind of like a tale of two halves. Right. Mm-hmm. And the adjustment that Pochettino made. Yeah. Cause they started yeah. with a three back, right? Yeah, started with a three back, switch to the back, switch of flat out back four, right? Yeah. Which is surprising because just that back four, which are Beard and Rose going up against our back three, not that I'll ever say this, but I think they're defensively, they're almost better off with a back three, but they just, they lost that control with Rose and Trippier trying to play those roles. So, what switched for me was not necessarily like the defensive prowess that they had, but the midfield just began to, you know, kind of dominate and, and, and run the show. But I believe it was what, that's when we had the Brexit midfield in the, in the second matchup, right. Mm-hmm. Against Tottenham. So both of them, you know, we kind of, I think the first match we, we kind of dominated, but that's what I'm, I'm kind of interested to see is the, their attacking dynamic, right? Because both Sun and Moore have looked incredibly dangerous without Kane in the squad, right? And maybe we're giving Moore too much credit because he had that one performance against Ajax, you know, incredible performance where he got a hat trick. Well, he scored against us earlier in the season, too. He yeah, did. No, he did. but that's the thing. He looks, he's dangerous with pace and with the ball, right? So do they still have that dynamic with Kane? I, I don't quite think so. So that's what I'm, if I can't go midfield, I want to go with that for Tottenham, they're attacking dynamic, right? And what, if Kane is back in it, does that limit more? Does that limit uh son as well? And then it almost kind of, you know, Kane, as much as we, <laughs> we kind of hate him and think that he probably sold his soul for, for a few goals as well. <laughs> You know, he, he's capable of pulling something out of nowhere, right? We've seen that time and time again. Mm-hmm. But the the attacking dynamic of Tottenham seems much better with Moore and Son having a little bit more freedom uh, in the middle. So, uh, I mean, overall, what do you guys think of Tottenham's road to the final? Like, is this an impressive trip that they, that they've been on. Um, yeah. And, I mean, getting past city, like we got past city last season, obviously is that, is this Tottenham team? Like, have they earned their place basically? Yeah, I think so. I, it's crazy to think their, their journey too, where you look at, their Champions League season, their season as a whole, has come down to literally last final moments of, of two games. You, you thought, oh, against City, that's it. Sterling scored the winner. And then turns out he didn't. And that's, that's what got him <laughs> through. And then I'm out, I remember watching the, the Tottenham Ajax game thinking, oh, it's over. And Lucas Moore gets the last kick of the game to score the winner. Yeah. Um, I hate I hate to jinx things, but it's it's similar to like 2005 Liverpool's you know Champions League run of of all these heroic comebacks and these last minute winners, and they almost seem like they're destined. 
they're not going to do it. But um, I think they definitely deserve it. They, the squad they have, and not adding anybody to it. Yeah, they've had they've they haven't had an easy run in like their their group stages. They had Dortmund, they had Barcelona. Uh, it was Barcelona or Real Madrid, right? Barcelona. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like they had an easy group stage, same as us. So a lot of respect to that. And it wasn't easy. They may have gotten a little lucky, but we've gotten lucky this season too. So yeah. credit to them and credit to Pochettino. I think Pochettino is a good manager, and the stuff he's done with this team has is, is been pretty pretty incredible. But also I, I just don't like the Spurs. Yeah, it's that that's what's crippling to this. Like IX would have been such an incredible draw because. Uh, losing losing I, to them I, would be a little bit easier to deal with than losing the fucking Spurs. Absolutely. If we lose to Spurs, <laughs> it's going to be a fucking nightmare. Yeah. But <laughs> you lose to IX, that that's kind of like the team of destiny, like, you know, the antithesis of what city is. Um, but, uh, but either way, like. We, we just have to we'll, we'll come out and say it like we Klopp, we as the club cannot lose this final. Yeah. And I don't know if that's jinxing it, reverse jinxing it, doing whatever. But that's just putting it out there, being open and honest um, in, in a loss would be absolutely just soul crushing um, and just it completely undermining, I think, of everything that Klopp has accomplished in the progress, because these are just two incredible managers that have reached mm-hmm. this like. We, we talked about it when we were on the, who kicked the corner flag. Like we, we've kind of been, we've been here, right? Like this team has been here. They've kind of tasted that, you know, what, what defeat feels like. So I feel like we're, we're ready and in a position to, to actually take home the six one, but for, for Tottenham, what they've accomplished is incredible. Right. But it's been too, I don't know about calling them a, a team of destiny. It's been almost like an identical path that Liverpool have been on in the champions league this season, right? Mm -hmm. Tough groups, group stages came down to a couple moments for both Tottenham and for Liverpool got out of the group. You know, we had a tough draw with Bayern. They had a tough, tough draw with city. Um, even theirs with IX is pretty tough too. Um, but incredible comebacks to get to the final. So I don't know about this team of destiny, even any more than Liverpool last season or this season, um, rather than just for me, like, you know, credit to Pep. Cause I think he's an incredible manager too, but probably the two best managers in the world, um, in, in terms of accomplishing what they've accomplished, uh, with the resources that they have too. And I think talking about resources, Pochettino this season is just, you know, you got, you got to tip your hat to him, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, two similar paths and, and two teams that deserve to be here, um, that fought and, and got performances and had two incredibly historic wins to get to the final. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it <coughs> Spurs Spurs journey is, is just so off the wall um, in, in terms of having, you know, a VAR winner disallowed for city, you know, and Spurs losing, <laughs> losing the second leg, but going through on a way on their one away goal, um, it's just or their well three away goal. Sorry, keeping a clean sheet at home, I should say, um, <laughs> is really what what got them through. But mm-hmm. um, 
and then coming up against the Ajax team looking completely flat in in the first leg at home and then going to Amsterdam and despite going behind finding you know something uh in in the tank to be able to to get past Ajax despite the fact that I mean Tottenham were heavy favorites so that's what gives me a little bit of hope (laughs) going into a game going into a game like this is is the fact that Tottenham are at the end of an extremely long and arduous season where they've they look tired too yeah they've lost I mean 13 league games and somehow still (laughs) finished in the top four um they there are there are games where they come out and just don't look present uh for, present for duty if you will like they literally look <laughs> like they haven't been told the game started and but then there are mm-hmm. other games where they came they come out completely up for it and um and so i think i mean i think the 3 weeks off in between uh you know it benefits both teams in a way but uh, but Spurs will definitely be a little bit more rested than they have been at any point during the second half yeah. of the season. And yeah, so that's something to contend with as well. Um, but you can say the same about Liverpool, Roberto Firmino looking like he'll probably be in contention to start in the final, um, as he's back in training and, and getting fit. Um, so the two the two number nines both uh both you know striving to get to get fit for this uh for this momentous occasion in madrid um who is i have to we have to go we have to go and 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 put everyone on the spot but oh i wanna I'll, we gotta we gotta know the predictions and uh and someone someone inserted in the uh outline who who do you want to score the winner <laughs> I don't want there to be a winner. I want there to be who scored the first of ultimately three winning goals to nil. I can't. I can't do a prediction. I can't. I think my prediction would be three-one. We'll do an opposite of last year. Yeah. Well, uh, and- I think Spurs will score. I I, I do think that, but uh, well, but I think ultimately. Can you see Loris potentially doing a Carius, if you will, a Loris Carius? Yeah, if he shows up <laughs> like he was when he was driving a couple months ago. <laughs> oh, fitting in the drunk, the DUI jokes. That's a yeah. We're not we're not pulling any punches this this episode. <laughs> uh, no, I I think three one's a decent storyline. I'd be I'd be clearly happy with that, but. Uh, but I, I think the biggest question is like, who would you want to score the winning goal if it came down to it? 90, 90th minute, who would you want to score that goal? Who I want, or who who you want? Yes. Who? There's <laughs> a lot, a lot of complexities to this question. No, there's. It's, it's a pretty simple. It's like it's like me asking Pep if he received payments from. <laughs> From the Abu Dhabi group, it's yeah. it's a yes or no question. How can you ask, how can you ask me that? Answer. We just want the trouble. How can yeah. you ask me that? Why would you ask me? That? <laughs> <laughs> okay, if I have, can I give two answers? You can give one answer. <laughs> All right, I'll go. I'll go with Trent. I'll go Hendo. 
Oh, that's a good shout. So I'm I'm this is the mo- the more obvious answer, I guess, but it's just because <laughs> it's just because of last it's just because of last season, but but Mo. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's the right answer. Like just for I mean this the story of of the injustice of, of the final last year and <laughs> yeah and how much it affected the the whole squad um for him to come back and make an impact in the final this year would be you know it would feel like one of those moments where I'm sure Martin Tyler will yell, you can't write scripts like this. <laughs> yeah. Um although you certainly can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think I, I, Mo is the, Mo is the storybook, but I mean, it depends on if, you know, they want to give us the, uh, the fairy tale ending like Game of Thrones did last night, you know, just, uh, no happy spoilers. endings all, all around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all know who the true King of the North is and that's Jordan Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the Jordan Henderson King of the North memes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyways, so, so I mean, the final is obviously. I mean, where are you guys? Uh, where are you guys taking the final in? Um, where uh, Where will you be on yeah. June first? I'm having a watch party at my uh, my apartment. Nice, nice. I've uh, I set up the entire wall as a projector screen and. Uh, yeah, hopefully go better than waiting going to AJ Hudson's at six in the morning, waiting eight hours to see <laughs> Gareth Bale and his fucking ponytail. <laughs> or they changed the fire code though to uh, let everybody yeah. in. Yeah, they let everybody in. <laughs> I will be it? watching in beautiful Valle de Bravo. Valle de Bravo. It sounds Little like a made up place. Lakeside resort town. That's nice. I mean, so are you going to have to, like, sneak away to watch the game, or are you going to... No, we made it pretty clear. Like, Allie can go do her spa thing, <laughs> and I will have I will have my time to watch the <laughs> she heard that. You're going to watch she, it on your cell phone, aren't she you? She dismissed me. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it on my cell I'll at least watch it on an iPad, man. Come on. I'm sure there'll be a bar <laughs> or something there. I can... Nothing. Uh, yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, Manchester City Bar. <laughs> yeah, there's a Manchester City bar invited. There's not even a Manchester City bar in Manchester. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, Shots I mean, fine. we'll be at the uh, the El Paso Reds. We'll be at we'll be at the District Pub and Kitchen down uh, down on Piedras here, right here in El Paso, and it'll be should nice. be good. Should be packed out. We'll we'll have the Arsenal fans rooting for Liverpool too. So it'll be a rare <laughs> a rare occasion where the uh, EP Gooners are are on our side for this one. So um, yeah, it should be a decent crowd, and and we'll see what the uh, see how the game goes. But um, we had a few we had a few requests as we kind of close things out here tonight. Ooh. We had a few requests Uh-oh. on Twitter um, for stuff to talk about. Um, and we've talked about some of these things a little bit, but we had some specific questions come out of, uh, and I think it was the first, the first response I got was from one of our hall of famers, Sam McGuire, who, when I said, what do you want us to talk about? He said, Sadio Mane. 
<laughs> so I mean, we talked we talked quite a bit about Sadio, but I mean, for Sam's benefit, Sadio Mane, just go for it. Bayern Munich. I'm going to give – oh, that, that goal was amazing. I'm going to give Sam a hot take, something for him to – Oh, dang. I don't know. You know, maybe wants to mull on a little bit, maybe write an article about it, mention me. Who knows? <laughs> Sadio Mane, who I have already said was probably my favorite player this season, yeah. right? Now that we've established that, I'm just going to throw out maybe a little overrated this season. So, uh, I'm putting it out there. He was he was overrated this season. <laughs> I do. Oh, how? I don't know. Like he made the team of the season. Most solid did. He was a joint, you know, Golden Boot winner alongside Salah. Not necessarily quite as deserving, I would say. Um, the fanfare that he received for his performances, which were much more consistent and improved on last year, were still not as good as Mo Salas. And yet Sadio Mane has been, this has been his time in the spotlight. Uh, like Phil said, Salah is more of a victim of his own success. So I'll just say slightly overrated Sadio Mane this season, as much as I love him. I I I kind of I see where you're coming from. I think uh I think <laughs> well I'm just saying that overrated has such it carries such a it's such a loaded phrase. Yeah, that's because, why I used it. Right. And that's what <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. But it's it's not it it's because everyone spent the whole season saying he was underrated. When in reality, they just had never realized, like most of the pundits in England had just never accepted him for anything other than a kind of pacey winger. Yeah. And then he scores 22 goals and they're like, oh, wow, he's, you know, Mane just doesn't get the attention that Salah does. It's like, well, Salah scored 40 goals last season. Yeah. (laughs) So you have to put everything in, in perspective. So it's, I think it's more so based around the fact that it took this long for Mane to get any sort of, of attention. That's why you can say that he was maybe a little overrated this season because everyone spent the whole season saying he was underrated when in reality he was, he's just been great this whole time. No one has acknowledged it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he would have been, he would have won the golden boot, uh, had he not taken account of penalties. So yeah, true. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause he didn't take a single, a single one. So mm-hmm. 22 quick, non-penalty goals. Quick quick hot take in the lightning round. <laughs> so uh, we, had, we had Claudia from the El Paso Reds chime in, uh, one, of, one of the great Reds from, from down here in El Paso. And uh, she, she was chiming in concerning her Hendo obsession. Um, is, it, is it problematic to be obsessed with Hendo? No. I still I I own the Hendo kit from the what was the Black Away kits and thirteen fourteen when he was spurning out back heel assists like it was his job to Suarez. <laughs> but uh, um, un- unfortunately for for Hendo, he's 
you know, he's received some some criticism over the years because he's been been you know he's been playing in that that six position for for a while now and yeah, not necessarily his comfort zone. People say he's shit, and then finally gets played to a position he's comfortable with and had puts in some great performances. You know, he's not maybe technically the most astute player or tactically the most astute player, but I mean the Pat, you'll appreciate this. The amount of heart oh, he puts in those grit. performances is something that <laughs> True sometimes grit. you need in that midfield. And you know, towards the end of the season when he's playing in a position that I was comfortable with, he's actually putting in some some good numbers, some good, you know, getting assists and whatnot, which is what people were criticizing for before. Um, I mean, even he got a goal against, uh, he got that second goal, um, can't remember against who it was, but you could tell how much that, that celebration meant to him. So That was uh, Southampton? Yeah, in the Salah purple, scored in the purple, the, that the first, case? and then uh, I believe... Endo made of, my, I think he followed up with that second, but I mean, he, he is, he's not a perfect player, but to, to give him all the shit that he's gotten, it's a little, a little undeserved, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I don't think your the Hendo obsession is, is off base at all. And, and especially given the fact that, I mean, this was, this was a player who came in, you know, as kind of a, younger younger player from Sunderland and kind of an unknown quantity to most of us. He comes in. Liverpool tried to deal him to Fulham for Clint Dempsey. The deal, <laughs> the deal, doesn't, the deal doesn't work out, and thank God it didn't because uh, he, he's been, yeah. you know, regardless of, regardless of different performances, and you can, you can sharpshoot any player and, and point to games where he, where he hasn't been at his best and like like you guys have talked about it's a lot of it comes down to playing as a six um which Klopp himself said you know you can blame me uh for (laughs) him playing defensive midfielder this whole time um so uh Hendo being kind of unleashed by by Fabinho's revelation has has helped um but in terms of his impact uh you know in the squad and as the captain as well uh He's, 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 I think more than more than proven his worth to, uh, to Liverpool, and and just shows he's he's a great personality to have around the team as well. Um, regardless mm-hmm. of whatever on field impact he's had, which has been increasing seemingly week to week um, here at the end of the season. So, um, yeah, yeah, Hendo's Hendo is. Uh, I mean, we we've talked about Hendo crosses for about four <sighs> years for about four years now. So uh, so for Hendo to come back into that into that uh, that level uh, of the Hendo cross, we we've, we've appreciated that as well. So yeah, plenty box well. box Hendo obsession worthy. <laughs> the six, not quite as much. So uh, he just doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Claudia also concerned about about Salah to Madrid rumors. Um, she called them inane. Um, what do you guys think? I I can guarantee you that uh, Mo Salah is going to Madrid. Oh, <laughs> do you, you think, heard you heard it here first? Do you think that there's a oh. better there's a better infomercial available or a better kind of advertisement for? Uh, 
staying at Liverpool than Philippe Coutinho's Barcelona adventure. <laughs> and the potential for him to come crawling back. <laughs> no, yeah. I, we put it on the timeline, but no, I don't, I don't even know. The rumors appeared for like two days, probably, you know, all Madrid based and who can link to everybody. They're linked to absolutely every single like world-class wide forward or striker. Can I, can I track back to what my comment about Salah going to Madrid? No, no, because the entire LLC (laughs) squad's going to Madrid. Oh, June 1st. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, got him. Who is it? Uh, Gillen Ballbags or whatever his name is. That, <laughs> that guy sucks, man. That was so in my search earlier for Brenzy tweets, that was the peak Brenzy was a, you know, hypothetical situation where what's the dude's name? Gollum Belie- What's his name? Ballbags. Yeah, Ballbags. Gillen Ballbags. Yeah. He was going into a shop to buy some praline. Oh, I saw that today. <laughs> somebody, somebody brought that back up. Yeah, so somebody actually like one because you know Brenzi doesn't exist on Twitter anymore. I think literally typed out like the thread uh, of what Brenzi put together, but it was just something about I'm um, going in there and buying like praline M and M's. Finding out they only have peanut M and M's, and then informing the the store worker that he had actually talked to the candy corporation, and they had actually given him inside information that no peanut M and M's would be coming. Um, so yeah, that that you know, shout out to Brenzi. Guillaume Balag still not updating us on those praline M and M's. That's. <laughs> everything that was right with Twitter has an ass hat. That was a he's peak. like the he's like the Spanish version of uh, Tancredi. <laughs> okay. yeah, that, yeah, that's actually boom. True. Did you guys see? Actually, we didn't bring it up, but Tancredi uh, <laughs> tweeted like yesterday or today. It said, "Boom." Oh yes, <laughs> Juventus contact Jurgen Klopp with no success. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What is boom about?" any of that um (laughs) when it's definitely made up in the first place but yeah that like football twitter used to be at like a different level than it is now um some of the absurd shit that would happen was just i miss i miss the von sergenio uh tancredi uh (laughs) espresso uh vines to be honest (laughs) von sergenio also a a potential hero with his (laughs) Like crudely, hero. crudely photoshopped video <laughs> face videos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so speaking of stuff we we love around Liverpool, um, Babu popped up with a question about LFC bromances. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the ones that he the ones he uh, that he shouted out, he said there needs to be a conversation about favorite bromances: Sadio and Nabi, Ox and Brewster. Lovren and Sala, Allison and Firmino, Lolana and Klopp, pretty one-sided these days. Mil- <laughs> Millie and Rabo, Trent and assists. <laughs> Many to choose I, from. I think the the best new one is just mainly uh Brewster and Chamberlain just mainly because of the 
the video that came out of them. Uh, what was the series that LSC TV started? Uh, Bezies. 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 Yeah. I don't know. They just they seem to click really well, and yeah. Not to mention oh. Ox's contribution to the uh, to the kit unveiling this year. She <laughs> <laughs> was just also, top the, quality. The video today also is great of uh, Ox uh, taking the video of oh. Mo sleeping in the back and then <laughs> switching to Lover and looking like a lost puppy because he couldn't find his fucking best friend. <laughs> I I just want somebody with Sturridge. Like, can I see, like, an Ox-Sturridge combination? Because that's why I replied to Babu about it. I was like, <laughs> if if you had to replace Phil and I for an episode of The Two Red Gringos, and you had your choice of any two, we haven't seen them on Bezies, but Sturridge and Ox would probably be the two that I think would put us out of a job. Sturridge. I feel like they would go off track too much, though. <laughs> Is that who's that a shot at? Them or us? Both parties, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so they're the perfect fit, is what you're saying. Studge and uh, Studge and Gomez had those uh, those oh, hip hop quizzes back in the day before Bezzy's was even. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Don't think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> If you had to go back to the Hodgson years, who do you think were the best Bezies then? Oh, my God. Oh. Koncheski uh, and... <laughs> the Bench. <laughs> Koncheski and you know, Hodgson hey, you know, was probably his only you friend. You know who John Joe, Joe Shelby's Bezzy was? His <laughs> phone camera. <laughs> oh, oh, no. No. I thought you, I thought you were going to go for the red card. Like, this segment should not exist. <laughs> this is I, uh, why you don't invite me on. I do have to. I I do feel like I have to shout out Nobby and and Sadio because that is like that goes even beyond like a bromance because Nobby is I think would be like completely lost in England if it weren't for if it weren't for well, Sadio. I think, I think yeah. Sadio is also another reason that Nobby came to. Yeah, Liverpool, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And similar situation. If uh, I mean, saw the video today with uh, uh, Verge and Genie talking, uh, you know, Instagram living to uh, um, uh, uh, Memphis to pie. Yeah. So. Yeah. That that's peak transfer <laughs> fuel right there. I would. <laughs> I, I will say we didn't talk about it, but I mean, just Liverpool and the Low Countries. Like, let's talk about you know, <laughs> Benelux, Benelux. Uh, like between Verge, Genie, and Divacarigi, the the impact <laughs> is felt all up and down the spine of of LFC. Um, and uh, it is it is interesting. It, it's always it's always funny to try to dissect kind of who who's friends because you know the team i think in general gets along certainly but obviously you know we know about these kind of higher profile friendships um on the team um and it is interesting when you see who goes to celebrate with who you know if if trent whips a ball in hendo's not running to the goal scorer hendo's running over to trent like 
it, it mm. it's kind of along those lines. Not trying to pick it apart for any reason of you know oh like there's tension or anything. It's not like that. It's just specifically kind of those linkages that you can make you know that turn into kind of um, on field production. You can see I think especially um, Nabi and Sadio when when they're because they kind of play on the same side as well and they're always seeking each other out um, in terms of the actual play on the field as well. So it, it is like, it goes a little bit beyond the bromance because it, it does, I think at the end of the day, kind of affect how the team plays. Yeah. I think there's a, there's also another bromance we've, haven't really come across and it's kind of low key, but, uh, Firmino and Mane, um, yeah. I think there's a little bit of a bromance there because of uh, I think there's some celebration uh, stuff going on that we you know <laughs> I think somebody's stealing from somebody or they're trying to do the same thing but there's, that there's another plug some competition the, there another plug for the Firmino celebration contest uh, I don't know, yeah. don't know what you're talking if about you can, uh, <laughs> if you have a Mane if you have a friend to mimic your celebration <laughs> while you're doing it that is just amplifies the level yeah you probably get my vote <laughs> since this is end of the season type deal uh, we haven't really mentioned oh jared on shakiri at all Ooh, that's a good point actually uh, and i want to give a shout out to him because he didn't get you know there's certain points where he didn't get that much playing time because of injuries but he had some really big fucking goals for this club and some, I mean, he had the the assist for Genie for his third goal. So I think his contribution, the amount that we paid for him, has got to be one of the one of the better signings of the season too. Um, yeah. And it seemed like he just just kind of brought this this personality to the club that we've, we've lacked in previous seasons. So I think Shakiri deserves some recognition that we really haven't given him too much this episode or this this season in my opinion especially his two goals against united yeah deflected or not yeah. like those were those were fucking awesome so. huge impact and and it is i mean it's worth bringing up because it's it's the difference between i even think about it in the context of this final where you know we start our best 11 maybe shakiri's not in it but mm-hmm. in terms of bringing people off the bench I mean, mm-hmm. the way that Tottenham's gone through the end of the season, they've been a little threadbare. Um, and when you look down your their bench, you're not seeing, you know, big difference makers. But when Klopp can look down the bench and see a guy like Shakiri to come on on 60 minutes and, and change things, like that is what we've lacked so often in the past is, you know, last season, Salah gets injured you know, yep. in the 25th minute and we bring on Lana and, it, and it's game <laughs> over. Like yeah. there was, it was just, we weren't in it from there. Um, and, uh, and now, you know, in these situations where Shakiri has been brought on, I mean, it's even to the point where you have in the 80, you know, 84th minute against <laughs> Newcastle, Trent has two assists already in the game. <laughs> And you have, you know, Virgil <laughs> calling for, for Shakiri to take a free kick, uh, you know, late late in the game um, so that they can get the in-swinger. And he drops the ball on an absolute <laughs> on an absolute dime for mm-hmm. for Origi to flick it home. And, and so 
yeah, I mean, Shakiri's impact has been absolutely like almost immeasurable <laughs> this season. Yeah, because it be- adds some set piece prowess we d- we didn't have before. I mean, yeah. he's a better set piece taker than Mo. I mean, Mo's got a great left foot, but I can't tell you how many corner kicks he's had this season where it's just not even beating the first man. Yeah, <laughs> um, just crazy because he was so good at him last season. So I mean, having that having that double threat on even free kicks on dangerous area, having like Trent and Shakiri on it, like. It adds a certain danger that we didn't have previous seasons. So I think that's Shakiri has been a bargain, even if he hasn't really been there all season. But he's provided the goals and the assists and the creativity we needed when we needed it most. So, so the last uh, lightning round point is from Alan um, from from the uh, El Paso Reds as well. Um, how? How Klopp uh, changes the midfield according to the rival, um, I believe it's genius and shows us how good our back four and front three are that we can make these like midfield adjustments. So what do you guys think about the tinkering in midfield that we've seen this year where we've seen so many different combinations? And, I mean, for this final game, what do you think that combination is going to be? Brexit midfield. <laughs> I'm going the anti-Brexit midfield. It's going to be Fabinho, Navi Kaita gets healthy, and Oxley Chamberlain. Jesus, just like scenes, just scenes. I'd give that a zero percent chance, but as much as I'd like to see it. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think I don't think he goes. I don't think he goes full Brexit, but I think he goes. <laughs> I think he goes Fabinho, Hendo, Genie. Yeah, that's one. I think I think that's Fabinho is the big difference in the game. Like the game against Spurs, Fabinho gets rested, and the difference in midfield is like pretty mm-hmm. noticeable, especially in the second half. So his him playing is such I just think he's such a game changer as well. We talked about, you know, Virgin being that kind of game changing player at the beginning, but I think the Fabinho allows so many people to play, um, you know, allows them more freedom, but he also yeah. opens the game up because his range of passing is yeah. absurd. Um, and so I think, I think Fabinho starts, um, and then I think Hendo in, in more of a, a free role um, mm-hmm. with uh, with Genie kind of playing that that in between role that we see so often. But I mean, he's got a little bit of license to go forward as well as we've seen later in the season. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say that we definitely see that uh, that three with the ability to to kind of change things. You know, if if Genie's impact is, you know, not as much or if we've got a lead and you're looking to hold on, then you can you can bring on Milner or or someone to to get that yeah. to get that graft, the grit in the graft. <laughs> <laughs> True grit. True grit. Well, I think but. I think we were mentioning before one of the most important things, uh, key matchups uh, in the final is that, that midfield. I yeah. think that's really going to be what decides this this tie and I 
having Fabinho and that anchor and that six just kind of controlling it. But I think Wijnaldum's going to be one of the most important pieces in that because he's probably our most, probably tactically, he's probably our best player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think closing down the spaces and closing down the players in that midfield. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, that's that Spurs midfield, I think, is weak because I just don't want uh, Yama in there. I think he's been a weak point every time I've seen him play. Um, his decision making is pretty slow. I think closing down the spaces and and really tightening up is really going to control that game. And I think Wayne Allen's going to be a key cog. Um, and then Henderson going forward, I think, is going to provide uh, you know some some heart and spark. So I, I think that's going to be that's going to be a big difference in, on June first. Yeah, it'll be. I don't know. I'm already like nervous for it, but. Um, the, uh, those, I think when we look at this game, it is, we can, we can be safe in, in feeling like the favorites because I mean, we're a better team (laughs) than Spurs. The problem, Mm -hmm. the problem lies in it being a one-off. If it was a, if it was a two leg final, I would not even (laughs) hesitate at the idea that that Klopp would would get it done, he's now undefeated, still undefeated, <laughs> in two leg ties uh, since joining LFC, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, he is. <laughs> I don't know how uh, how that's been pulled off because that I guess that's how you get to three European finals in four year in four <laughs> years, but. Um, but I I I don't know I I think. It just it just feels like the right uh, combination, not only of um, the right personnel, but just the the right mentality too around this team. Um, and I guess we'll see how things pan out. I mean, it is <laughs> it is it is one of those where, as you said earlier, it's uh, it is a must win in terms of the the mentality of this of the squad kind of heading into the off season where last season we chalked it up to it being Madrid and, and kind of moved on. Um, but I mean, we don't want to see, you know, the it's Tottenham lads like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, <laughs> this is a tough situation to be in because it is a, it's a champions league final, but it's one where if you don't win it, you we're going to come away pretty disappointed. Yeah. I mean, Pat, who do you who, who do you see starting this one in midfield? I think that's the key. It's the Fabinho, Genie, Hendo, and especially as we've seen Hendo in the role that serves him best. And I think if Sissoko's playing, I think Genie's a good counterbalance to that. Uh, Fabinho, obviously, with Erickson going to cause a threat. Um, and then Hendo's kind of that free-roaming piece, too. So... I, I don't know. It's tough. I, I, I keep looking at how Spurs are going to line up. And, and I do that because if you just look at the two 11s, like top to bottom, you said it yourself. I, I, we're the clear favorites. Like if you looked at any other league and see like the top one or two teams compared to whoever's in like third, fourth, fifth by some distance behind them, you'd say, oh, like, you know, Bruce Dortmund's the the out and out favorite. You'd say Atletico Madrid's the out and out favorite against somebody like Valencia. Um, but it is it's one it's just one game, 
right? So anything can happen. So there's that nervousness and, and maybe a little little feeling of unease <laughs> of finally being uh, the you know the odds-on favorite to take it home. But I, that midfield to me has been, especially with Genie's been accomplishing lately, is is dynamic enough it's safe enough but it's also creative enough um same thing as alan said when you've got a back four that we do and you've got the front three of uh sala fermino and mo then then you have that flexibility to have a controlling midfield but that's i think that's where it'll come down to and you know we've we've got the firepower but also the defensive prowess to uh to stifle them well, everyone, I mean, you've you've heard it all here. It's been it's been a crazy season for Liverpool and it's been it's been a hell of a lot of fun to to be a fan of the Reds this season. Uh despite the fact that, you know, as we reviewed the league, it it came up just short of of this goal that that Liverpool's been chasing now um for two two full decades. Um going on three, I guess. Um but the uh that pursuit doesn't end. Luckily, that's the the benefit of football is we go again next season as well. Um, and there's there's no uh, indication that this that this Liverpool team's going anywhere. And we've got a final to play in on June first. Um, absolutely going to be a blast, I think, despite the nerves and, uh, everyone's going to, going to enjoy the occasion for anyone making it to Madrid. I am just green with jealous rage. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) enjoy it for us. If you made it past the, uh, you know, the sales of tickets to corporate sponsors rather than, (laughs) rather than to actual (laughs) football supporters. But, um, but yeah, aside from that, uh, guys, if you've enjoyed this episode, um, you can listen to us on pretty much any podcasting platform, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. We're on all of them. Hit subscribe if those platforms give you the option to review. Also, think about doing that because that just gets us a little more uh, visibility, lets people know that, that we're not total, uh, I don't know, we're not total garbage, um, just most, <laughs> just mostly. And uh, and yeah, other than that, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Two Ray Gringos, and we're on like all other social media as well. Um, and uh, for all of us uh, down here at the Two Ray Gringos, uh, it's time to say adios with a little bit with a little bit of hope for the man who should be healthy for the Champions League final, and that's Bobby. That's Bobby, bitch. Bobby, bitch. Bobby, bitch. Body, bitch. Make that body flip. You know I don't know karate, bitch. We dropping bodies, bitch. They say shooting is my hobby, bitch. And I'm a problem kid. Walk up on the roof of office and they with that talking shit. Bobby, bitch. Oh, yeah. Bobby, bitch. Oh, you ain't know they call me. Bobby, bitch. Oh, yeah. Bobby, bitch. Oh, you ain't know they call me. Bitch, oh yeah, Bobby bitch. Oh, you ain't know they call me Bobby bitch, Bobby bitch. And I'm down to catch y'all. Body bitches, sit that homie switch. And I bet that all these solid tips gon' make this body twitch. But if I hit you with that shoddy bitch, I bet that body flip. Rush, I caught him with them zombie tips and made his body spin. You niggas leave you feeling froggy, bitch. My niggas doggy, bitch. Run up on him with that 40, bitch. And go retarded, bitch. Fuck you.
no size, bitch. Shoot that nigga in and shorty, bitch. Shorty, bitch. Body, 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 bitch. Make that body flip. You know I don't know karate. He says he doesn't know karate, but Bobby definitely knows karate. He does know karate. <laughs> does know karate. <laughs> so I love that song. It's a good music video too. Yeah, is it? They still good? make music videos. Is it yeah. as good as uh, as the actual like God? What was what was his first song? Oh, uh, uh, why am I not remembering? Hot. Hot N word. Yeah, hot, hot boy, <laughs> hot boy, as the censored version was Sorry. called. <laughs> Where he throws uh, his, throws his hat in the air and does what well, was the schmurda sh- dance? I guess was the yeah the I can't really do it sitting down, but no. it it wasn't yeah. really a dance like you know, it's more of a shimmy. Yeah, it was just a little bit. Not of even a, a just a little bit of a back and forth, kind of crossing his arms. Like, do you know? Do you know that uh, that video or the song uh, "Hot N Word" mm-hmm. got him in prison because he really, pretty much, told the police that he was at a location where this person got shot and killed. <laughs> he like <laughs> confessed to an actual murder in the song. In the song, <laughs> and they <laughs> had enough evidence to arrest him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> free, free shmurda. The Shmoney Shmurda Schmickstate, as he Yeah, it's, it's it. deflating a little bit. But hey, I, I, I got to bounce, guys. <laughs> All right. For what? Well, what do you mean for what, man? I go to bed. <laughs> you, don't even, you don't even wake up early. Yeah, that's accurate. I need eight hours, solid. <laughs> I mean, I got to wake up in six, six hours. Six hours? Yeah. Yeah, I wake up at 5.30. Dang. Solid G's. Dang. Yeah, we could have had this at like six o'clock, you know. <laughs> well, sorry, some of us have to work, man. Yeah, I have to fucking work. <laughs> All right, I'll see you guys. Later. All right, I'm out. Thanks Later, for having guys. me, guys. Yep. Yeah. See you. Peace.